It's banging. It's Hotline League episode 160. Uh, we have a new overlay. If you're watching, we're not in Miami video. anymore. You, we weren't. I mean, this is a, like a '70s look on the on the stuff. But yeah, it's first time in a while. Um, it's, again, shout out to Benson who's been doing all our stuff for years and years. But uh, decided to mix it up, and I, I like it because we've been shifting towards this kind of multi. Oh, whatever. Anyway, it's Hotline League episode 160. I'm joined right now by my constant co-host Mark Zimmerman. How's it going, Mark? Good. I literally just finished season three of The Sinner right before coming on here, and that season sucked. It was like a first-year <laughs> undergrad philosophy student watched season one of True Detective and was like, I'll do my own version, and made this show. It is so trash. There's just, ah, it's terrible. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Season one and season two are great, though, apparently. so. Fantastic. I don't, I don't even know what The Sinner is. What is it on? It's on Netflix. Uh, it's a t- net cable show, though. I think it was like USA, and they, they bought the rights or something to put it on Netflix. Uh, season one, season, season two, one, two apparently were good. Did you just skip to season three? Is this why you didn't actually like it? watch it season? Make any sense? No, no, no. no. It, they're, they're, it's kind of like um, anthology, so each season kind of stands on its own. Though there is uh-huh. character arc between them, but like uh, season one, season two, Ashley watched, and she was like, "This is so good." And I was like, "Okay, okay, wait for me for season three. And then I watched season three, and it's terrible if you look at the reviews it's the same thing and it was just like it was really cool because you started at the end of a crime it was like some crazy ass crime happens and you're like what just happened and like you follow the detective trying to figure out this one is just not like that it's just nothing about it is good nothing good uh well besides mark and his struggles uh we also have and this is great because we were able to book him um days and days in advance i think we've this might have been the longest booking we've ever had spawn Spawn, thanks so much for booking so far in advance. Welcome to the show as our guest once more. How's it going? Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty good, to be honest. Like, uh, Obviously, it was a rough day for me and my boys. We uh, unfortunately fell to Cloud9 Academy. But in saying that, we played like our cleanest early game in a long time. We had a 3,000 gold lead and three dragons before we threw it all in the bin. Um, and like, we finished second in Academy, which whilst isn't the first, which was you know all of our goals, uh, certainly is a long step uh, a, a big step in the right direction. So uh, we're pretty pumped. I'm pretty psyched. Uh, I, I'm, I'm good vibes as well because uh, I finally have my flights booked back to Australia. So I'll get to see my family uh, pretty soon and then I'll come back and do it all over again. Wait, when do you go? Uh, so I go on the 26th of uh, Feb. So I go in like nine days. Okay. Um, because Academy like has this big break until Proving Grounds and we'll have like some tournaments and stuff, but I'll it's just It's like go six somewhere. weeks or something, right? Yeah, so it's like six week break, uh, and then you know, then we'll come back and we'll do proven grounds and we'll we'll win that thing. Uh, well, first off, uh, thank you, Spawn, for coming on the show. I also want to say, for anybody that's confused, we did have to do this show on Wednesday because of some technical issues. So I appreciate Mark, especially accommodating that. Uh, also, I am officially just becoming a crazed mountain man during the winter of this pandemic. Uh, you might see. Just how insane. Don't I don't, say winter. It looks what? Don't say winter. You're in LA. You don't have winter. It's not winter. It's the, se- the season. It's wi- it's during the winter of. I'm, it's a. Time I'm becoming of year. a crazy mountain man in the winter of 63 out. Drops down to. <laughs> well, actually, I do want to talk about maybe. that in a second. Cool. But, uh, but yeah. So I, it's. I'm trying to figure out. I'm somewhat being encouraged to keep the hair really long and wild. Some of the comments on the YouTube videos are like, Travis actually looks a lot better during the pandemic than he did before. So I don't know how to take that, but the, the beard is getting out of control. Um, also, some shout outs. One to uh, Game Fuel. We'll have a fun little segment thingy that we're going to do later on. Um, but it's good to have them back. And thank you to them for the, uh, the announcement last week. Secondly, 
I want to shout out Alienware. I want to do a special shout out for them because what and and sort of have this be a little bit more broadly encompassing. So a lot of people might not know, but Alienware is actually headquartered in Austin. And right now in Austin, there have been in other parts of Texas, there has there's a ridiculous uh, winter cold snap, freezing situation, blizzard, etc. And I think they have it now, though there's some concern about whether or not they'll have it con- to continue spawn. Expertly holding up the product while I give them a shout out. But some of my friends at Alienware have gone like close to 48 hours uh, without power in freezing cold temperatures, uh, really difficult to get around. And so I just wanted to give a shout out to all my friends at Alienware that are going through this stuff right now and, and everybody else in that part of the country. It's uh, it's really scary right now. And just talking to some of them um, as they're, you know, one of them, for instance, was just huddled up around her fireplace for a couple days. Uh, it's pretty spooky. So um, heart, uh, heart is with Alienware right now and all the folks that are in Austin and everybody else in that situation as well. Anyway, <laughs> Spot, I promise we'll do a, a longer plug for them where we can talk about the product and you'll be able to, d- to showcase all that. I appreciate that, by the way, though. Ah. Uh, Anyway, uh, let's get into the news. So I'm kind of happy that we were able to uh, to do a bit of a delay on the show yeah. because there's a lot of stuff to talk about. One, obviously, this past weekend we had TSM. TSM's resurgence, I think, is the biggest story out of the past weekend. But um, on top of that, I know there's been some Academy stuff. Actually, great to have Spawn on because Academy just settled. Uh, all week long, we've had the... All week long, we've had the teams doing media conferences. We're at six out of the ten of them, um, and I've been asking them a ton of questions about import rules and restrictions and the ones that they want lifted. Uh, you can go find all the statements from all the different teams that have made them so far on my Twitter. But even Mark and Spawn were, were talk, talking a little bit about this. I almost kind of want to give Spawn like a pass on this because he I don't want to put him in a situation where he has to contradict his... Uh, his co-CEO uh, of, of Team Liquid, uh, Steve Aronset, who just made a statement uh, a short time ago. But I don't know. Mark, you said you were watching some of that. I, I think I've watched all the ones that you've clipped out. I might, I might have missed some. Yeah, uh, there's yeah, yeah, I've, yeah, I've been, been six so far of them, so yeah. And I, I was watching the, uh, the Reddit thread and things like that. So obviously I'm very interested in this conversation. I'm looking forward to having it. And if Spawn wants to go, I don't know, get lunch i mean get dinner or something uh maybe he does that oh, he's gone okay he and I rant. <laughs> Ooh, he's maybe mute there. yourself next. some tea <laughs> he just moves out of the sound you just hear all this crazy stuff um yeah uh I, I, I well first off is there anything else i'm forgetting that happened this week spawn or mark or anything that that was big or any big uh, discussions? i mean dignitas if you're talking about 3-0 teams um tl went one and two they look like total uh flops no, not true. Sandbagging. But yeah, uh, we're an LPL team now. We sandbag. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You guys play play like it a little bit with all the kills in lane when it matters, and then die all the time when it doesn't. Uh, I mean, there was a like. It depends. Like, are you talking about Premier League? Because yeah, Premier League, uh, Mark's right. Like, everyone's kind of beating everyone, and Dignitas is winning, which is kind of cool. Is that what uh, you're calling really... Premier League? I think it's called the LCS. Like, like, as in, like the top of the North American scene. Travis is what I was trying to say. Like the Premier league of north america uh but like what i was going to say is like uh, there's this i i don't know if you're keeping up with amateur but uh, a couple of amateur teams knocked off golden guardians mm, academy yeah. which was pretty big news uh, down where i'm from 
Um, also, I think that there's been a lot of movement uh, in Academy. Lugi came over for 100 Thieves. He looks good, and Papa Smithy seems to have uh, been doing a good job uh, recruiting once again in the AD carry position. Brox's um, so, Visa. Yeah. Brox's Vegas. That's big, yeah. Oh, did we talk about POB? RJS versus POB. Like, I mean, maybe we can hit on that. Yeah. Well, I'm I mean, I, I would definitely uh, want to see what fans think about that too. Yeah. Well, any RJS looks good, man. He's fine. Yeah, it's Pope, by the way. You can just call him Pope. But I do like the idea that you're using both of their three-letter RJS POB. Um, I think. We can talk a little bit about... Oh, Fifth Flaren is in my chat. A very funny situation. Uh, we finally start talking about dig stuff, and then he, he pops up. He's here to scope out the questions that I'm going to ask him tomorrow uh, during the, the Dignitas stuff. Who, Invert? No, uh, Fifth Flaren. Legendary Counter-Strike. Dignitas. Dignitas gentleman. Anyway, um, shall we... What, first off, Spawn... Maybe I'm pinning on the spot. Maybe I should have asked you this beforehand during our, our time. But how comfortable are you talking about owners pushing for import rule changes? Like, are you you want to? Like, I mean, I can talk, but I just don't have an opinion because what you have to understand is I'm from a, a safe place. So like, to be. I just don't give a shit. Like, to be honest, like the thing is, is like I'm an academy head coach. Like, uh, <laughs> I am in no way <laughs> qualified to talk about this. Like, you might get me fired, Travis. So, like, <laughs> like I, I just genuinely don't have an opinion. Like, okay, that's here, that's the truth. During during any of the danger moments, I'll just. Uh... I'll hit the button that says I'll, mute on I'll my just microphone. go like this. There we go. Yes. Uh, he's oh, we're having connection issues with Spawn right now. He's uh, he seems to have disappeared. Okay. But what I what I will say is like I have seen some very measured approaches, and I think that it's being blown out of proportion a little bit. Um, and whatever Steve said is, I'm back in 100. percent that, That's my official statement for Hotline League. I mean, are you okay? You're that's your whatever he says. That's your stance. Are you interested in defending that stance? If no, for, okay. Fair enough. I, I played the fit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. So, uh, uh, Mark, why don't you and I talk about this for a second then? Okay. I mean, I, I have a lot of thoughts to give about this. Um, and I think one of the reasons that it is extra somewhat annoying to me uh, is because I feel like a lot of the points that I've been making for a long period of time about the NA scene and some of the things that we have to deal with has somehow become an argument point in favor of removing, the, or not removing, but at least altering, as all the owners or it's, our fans are saying it's now. It's removed. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, so, like, look, look, there's a lot to unpack with this, which is why it's so annoying. And, like, I don't want to overstate, like, <laughs> my importance in the league scene. I don't think that I'm saying that these conversations all started because of me. But, like, I actually don't know anyone who was complaining about and I say complaining, like calling attention to the fact that our server size is vastly smaller than the other major regions. I don't know if anyone was talking about that before I was. Maybe other people were, but I've been talking about this since like 2017, 2016. No, we had a hotline league where we pulled up. You had you did like a whole deep dive where you were pulling up and stats that wasn't, on the show. Yeah. And that wasn't even the first time I talked about it either. Yeah. Like I had been talking about it for a long time. And then like two years ago, I started talking about like, hey, teams in Academy – stop bringing in like kind of washed players and go find younger talent that's still on solo queue in other regions and bring them over. And now I'm hearing both of these points used in this kind of, you know, changing the import rule 
and they, these are arguments that I've been making for so long. And I'm like, this is not where I thought this conversation was going to lead. So it's slightly is, you know, upsetting to me. That's like, these are things that I've talked about for a long time that I think are important things to talk about. But if the way they're going to get used is to alter the import rule, I'm a little, I'm a little surprised. I mean, I think uh, what is clear to me, or I, I think what's interesting is, and I'm, I'm fascinated to see how the final four go. I think so, so far, Steve and Parth, maybe with more points towards Steve, are the only ones that have given like a straightforward answer. And it's very funny to see everyone kind of try to dance around it because I think they know that it's very unpopular. And as seen by my polling, my very scientific polling on Twitter and YouTube, and yet all of them want to kind of give this answer of like, well, you know, whatever. I don't, by the way, I am, it's unclear to me that, and I think this is crazy. I don't know if there's a single team owner who is willing to say at this point in time that they don't want the import rule changed. I think they're all going to take the stance of, well, we're down, we're happy to collaborate with people um, or, you know, I'm like, just saying it should be looked at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like, eh. like the the FlyQuest, and, and so like today I pressed FlyQuest on this stuff. I'm not trying, like I'm not, I'm not trying to pick fights with anybody. But like, like Trisha's stance was like, hey, we think that uh, it's not as like black and white as is it removed or is it kept. We can kind of change, you know, we can change it. And then when I did a follow up question on like, okay, what does that look like? Uh, their GM Nick Nick said one of the things he said is like okay well maybe one of the things is like these smaller regions sort of what we did with OCE here I'll bring I'll bring Spawn back so that since we're talking about OCE kind of what we did with OCE we could do with other regions like Vietnam and and Japan and these kind of other what we've changed the language on them a ton it's like wild card emerging regions etc yeah minor region who knows yeah yeah. And, uh, and so like, that's at least that's the first time I've heard something that isn't just lifted. Uh, and even in Steve's answer, Steve kind of made it try to sound like he wasn't saying remove it, remove it, but then didn't really clarify what it would be to. So I just, I honestly think that, and from what I've heard, they are all pushing the, the riot to remove it. And so it's just weird to me to sort of see the way everybody's dancing around it. I mean, yeah, it's it's not weird. It's kind of expected. No one wants to... Everyone's like, oh, I think it should be looked at. There's some antiquated things about it. Maybe we could do this. But when you're ever like, so what, what is the thing you want to see? Yeah, but it's not like this is going to be some secret. Like, if they get their way, everyone's going to know. <laughs> so it's like, like, you have to own it, right? Because if it actually ends up going through, everyone's going to know. It's, it's not like well, you're yeah. going to be able to get away with people... Oh, it just so happens. Travis, you're she... just trying to dodge the fire as long as you can. Yeah, right? there's, no so. reason to, there's no reason to set yourself on fire before you need to be on fire. Isn't it strange that all of G2 true, is now right. playing for Cloud9? Wasn't there an import rule? What happened there? No, like, I, like one thing I will say, like, I'm not going to wait until all this, like, sure. like the kind of import rule stuff, right? But I, I do think, like, saying they're, like, trying to dodge a fire is not really, like, genuine. Because, like, from what I, my understanding of the situation is, like, Jack and Steve went on Thorin's show and literally laid out their argument, like, pretty black and white. Like, I feel like if there was going to be a fire, the fire would have already started, right? I don't think they're skirting around the issue. I think, like, from what I saw of Steve's stuff, if I'm just going to, like, talk about what I saw in the interview, not whether it's my opinion or not, is, like, he, he pretty much said, like, what you're saying, Travis, is, like, he doesn't necessarily agree with the current rule, and he wants to be a part of a conversation of what a future rule could look like. 
Now, I so, think like those conversations can happen behind closed doors because he doesn't want to be put in a situation where it's like one of the biggest teams in the LCS is lobbying for something outside of the scope of a right boardroom because I think that's in unfair to the owners in the league. So the thing about the the Steve uh, and Jack conversation that happened you know months ago in the off season mm-hmm. was it didn't pick up as much traction and it wasn't like it was presented towards Riot. It's it felt like oh these are just two people who are sharing their opinion about something that exists in the scene. You know. Mm-hmm. And that Reddit thread, I think that was the number one thing talked about in that Reddit thread, too. Right. Like, it was a big issue, but it it wasn't, not issue, but it was a talking point. But I think when people realize that, like, no, this isn't just them sharing their opinion. This is something they are, as you're saying, or as it sounds like, have lobbied against Riot for saying, hey, we think this rule should be removed. Then I think the community takes a lot bigger interest in being like, whoa, what are you guys trying to do? And the fact that no one seems to be clearly saying what they want is making it, I think, a little annoying for a fan to be like so wait what what are what are you guys pushing for exactly do you want the rule removed do you want to say we want these rules and stuff um and if i think- was use a sports analogy right so if i was use, use a sports analogy like if like the playing group the ownership group and the nba all go into a meeting and they talk about how they're going to set a new salary cap like they don't give a shit about what the public opinion is right so first off spawn lcs made by many not made by <laughs> 10 and in a boardroom chris Greeley in a boardroom okay secondly I think some things do have to be decided like that like to be completely fair like i do think that some things before they're presented do need to have to be well thought out and well constructed yeah so i think something like lock-in makes a lot of sense to like hold back from public conversation i think when you are changing like I, I've, I've wanted to, I've been. All I'm saying is that like the owners have come out and said st- stuff that have got them flamed in the past. Past. I don't think they're dodging the question because they don't want to be flamed by the public. Like I just don't think that's a fair statement to make. Like as I said, like I don't have a horse in this race. I'm an academy coach, but like I'm just saying that like, you know, I, I'm not sure that they're dodging it to not get flamed. No, I mean, but okay. Uh, first off, regardless, I appreciate you taking the stance because it's not just Mark and I being like, oh yeah, we're both right. But secondly. Uh, Sorry, I'm I, getting a little bit of lag. I would, I would just say, uh, are you? Can you hear me, okay, Spawn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can hear. Cool. It's on my end for sure. Mark, by the way, Mark, because Mark and I live near each other, I assume that if so, <laughs> if Hotline League will never happen if uh, if the internet goes out for one of us because it'll go out. For Let's not pretend Spectrum's ever going to make any fucking sense. All right, um, I could lose power. You could be fine. Who knows? Here, okay. <laughs> so Spawn, uh, just to that point, like, here's my concern. What this does is not like it's not about adding a going exclusive with a different with certain streaming partner it's not about uh changing a pitting a tournament in the beginning of the the year it's about it's a battle for the soul of our league uh i just like the the league changes fundamentally in a world where there are no requirements on how many north american players you can you can have and you can field i mean it's entirely reasonable that in that world we could send 15 uh, players from other regions to worlds, one team of which could end up being an entire, like a a team that just came over that year, right? LMQ style from before. I mean, we've seen it. Mm -hmm. So I think that is why it's a situation where I am trying so hard to drag this out into the light because not just fans, but I think... uh, pundits uh, coaches gms people that are working in academy or amateur like all these people should have 
a, a, they, I think they should have a voice in this and be able to field it. Okay, cool. So that part I can speak to because like, I'm not going to touch the import thing, but what I will touch is a current level of skill in Academy. And I think that anyone has, that has watched Academy this split will say the current level of skill in Academy is actually quite good. If you look at any of the top three teams right now, be that Cloud9 Academy, TL Academy, or 100 Thieves Academy, which I think have proven across the split that they are the three best teams. Um, I would say that those games are of equal level too. And like someone actually wrote this on Twitter the other day, and I thought it was really well put together, is it makes sense that the bottom of Academy is going to be competitive with Amateur, and it makes sense that the bottom of the LCS is going to be competitive with the top of Academy. And I think that there are 15 players within those teams that could be put into a lot of the LCS teams and would either be equal to or upgrades over some of the players that are currently there. So oh, I would say that the... Pardon? Are those junglers? No, no, well, go ahead. Think, Sorry. Finish with that. Uh, yeah, so I think that like uh, the academy system and how it has been changed by Riot and the amateur changes, and I actually wrote a Riot to, uh, email to Riot today, have been good, and I welcome the tournament structure and everything like that, and I think it is a really positive step in the right direction for North America to be able to upskill this region. Are any of the junglers on those teams better than Yankos? Well, like I, I don't think that you should evaluate rules based on the top 1%. But I'm just saying, like I, I, it's exciting to hear that there are there's folks that are down there uh, that are like going to potentially be great next year or the year after. I don't know if they get a spot if we're opening up the floodgates to LEC, LCK, and LPL. But but let's be realistic, Travis. If we open up the floodgates right now, and like I'm just talking about Academy, right? Who like does Golden Guardian strategy like? Because I've seen a lot of sensationalism, and I just hate sensationalism. Like, does Golden Guardians roster change? Am I, change am if I being sensationalist? Like maybe, um, like I don't know. Like I don't think so. Um, so I, think, I just yeah. think it's like it's not all or the other. Right. I think obviously, people who say, people who are in favor of the import rule only want North American uh, players as well. Like no one's actually arguing for that. No Correct. one wants North American players. No one's actually xenophobic or anything. I even think the import rule could have a, a name change to help frame the conversation better because that's one thing that people often say is like, ah, oh, you're just scared of other people or something. It's like, <laughs> no, we just want homegrown talent. And in the Champions League, in one of the threads I was reading about this, in the Champions League, it's called a homegrown rule. And in that rule, players who play for that team, region, whatever, for three years under the age of 21 technically count as homegrown, even if they're uh, imp imports or whatever, in, to use league terms. Um, if, if you got a young player from Solo Queue from China or Korea who played from 18 to 21 or some, some age group, they would then become an NA resident. Like, I think there's a ton of rules that are worth exploring that I'm actually interested in exploring uh, to, to Steve's point about antiquated rules and whatnot, that I think it's a really cool conversation to have, but no one is actually having that conversation. And that's what's bugging me about it is like, there is a real conversation, but everyone just says, ooh, I think it's time to look at them. And like, no one's, no one's forcing you to like hard commit to any of these alternative solutions. Um, so like, why why is that not happening? Because all we heard before was they want to remove the rule, and now that it's coming to light, people are saying, "Oh, it's time to look at it." But there's not any nuance of suggested rule changes that I think um, could could help. And uh, and to be clear, Spawn, like I know I'm not in the room on on this stuff with like when Riot is talking to the owners, but I have not heard anybody in in the th conversations I've had with my sources. It is never like, hey, the owners are interested in opening a committee to explore the various ways in which the import rule could be altered to better benefit all parties involved. 
what I hear is they want to get rid of this thing because they think it's going to make it's going to bring better success and it's going to uh, make things cheaper for them, uh, bring salaries down. So that is that is like that is the struggle. And like that is what that is what I've been struggling with, too, where in these conversations with these with the owners or these conferences with the owners, nobody is saying like I don't expect like a like a here's my lecture on presentation or changes. But like when everybody's just like, well, you know, we think that talent can come from a lot of different places. And some of that is North America. <laughs> you can just, and yeah. Some of it is other places. And we think that we should always be looking to be global and thinking about how things work. Like every, everybody should go look at the fucking two minute clip of me asking Ari about this from Immortals. It is insane. There's like so you. It is actually so difficult to gain any knowledge of what this I mean, person's stance is on the topic. We're we're all relatively intelligent people in this call. You can tell when someone is trying to tiptoe around a topic, and like it is so clear that there's tiptoeing going on. I'm not tiptoeing. I'm just a dumbass, Mark. No, no, no. Not, no not I don't you. think not you. I mean, yeah. I mean the owners. When when Travis is asking these questions, you just hear the the tiptoeing. You, you can you can you can just see them. Going like this around the topic and trying to figure out how to navigate I think Steve, the question. I think Steve and TSM. I don't want to paint them all that way because I think Steve right, and TSM. Fair, fair. And they, they do it to various degrees, right? Some of yeah. them are really, like the Immortals answer was really bad. Like even Shut if he was trying Lord. to duck it, it was just really bad. But like if you if you know others, I think give longer reasons. But nobody is trying to actually have a conversation about it. They're all trying to avoid it as much as possible, and that's what's aggravating to me. Yeah, and. What were you chat knowing? I want to hear this. Oh uh, no, they they called Steve a coward. Now I have to ban them. I have to use oh. the right about for that. He is not a coward. So you could he... time them out. I don't think Steve is a coward. And in fact, I would say this: if any owner wants to come on the show and have a conversation with Mark and I about this, we are happy to do that. Like, I think that's actually part of the reason Mark and I are so frustrated is that there isn't any conversation about this. You know, like, it no like, I think it's great that Jack and Steve said this on Thorne's show previously. And by the way, I found out after the fact that uh, both Nicole and Trisha had said this stuff on an Ovely show, Good Morning Esports, back in August. So, like, this has been brought up previously, but now that people have talked about it, let's keep talking about it. Tell me why you think this is going to work or why it should be different or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, like, so uh, Steve was someone, and same with the TSM, gave explicit things that they were interested in about the, the rules, right? Like Steve was talking about, you have to be required to have a certain amount of like payment increase to homegrown talent uh, or something, some form of like some a sort of investment in growing, yeah. Yeah, so, something like that. He was saying, you know, like don't just remove the rule, but also have these other rules come, come in with it. That's an example of a good answer. Uh, TSM, though I don't agree with some of the, the reasoning that they were using, uh, but like talking about wanting to use this as a tool to also be able to scout players easier from other regions so you don't feel like you're using up one of your import slots because it's a limited resource then to bring in a less proven player than just the highest level imports that you can find, right? Um, so there there has been some conversation about it, to be fair, that I think could go a little further. Not that I, I always agree with all everything they're saying, but at least like those are examples of like what I want to see. Like why, what do you think you can do with this other than buy five great players and not need to mm -hmm. you know really do anything 
And the other thing that I'll just address really quickly, because it actually like pertains to my role as opposed to this conversation, is a lot of people were like really quick to point out like who has amateur teams and who only has academy teams and who is investing on what and whatnot. And the one thing I will say about Team Liquid is like I was brought on as like academy head coach, but also in charge of uh, getting my head around, you know, what future growth potential and development could look like. I saw a couple of people being like pretty critical of Team Liquid in that regard. Like I'm been in america for two months like there's just no way i could have physically uh, feasibly built a good academy team and a good amateur program in that time like these things take time and like you have to be able to do it with care but uh steve came out on record like about the uh north america talent and was like pretty clear during that interview as well that he expected team liquid to do better and he holds himself to a high standard for that and like that's definitely something that i need to do better in as well like you know we've gone from having a north american academy team that wasn't where we wanted to be last year. Now we finished second in the regular season. You know, we'll continue to evaluate amateur and what that can look like. And we'll continue to invest in these people. And I think that, you know, it's a really great example. I always use Bob Jenkins as my example because this is a guy that we've been willing to boot camp in China for the world championship, take him as an actual sub, show him like the inside of the organization. Then we take him to Korea over the summer. And now he has most solo kills in the academy. Uh, and he's like an absolute monster in the top lane. He's had one of the best splits that I've seen out of a player. So he's someone that, you know, I'm really excited about. And I think that, you know, young from 100X uh, last year, now coming on to uh, Liquid Academy as well, and us using uh, scouting grounds in that way. So it's certainly something that we will continue to look at as Liquid. And it's something that really excites me because anyone that knows me from OS knows that, like, you know, I did my own scouting grounds in OS when we didn't have a scouting grounds. It was called like Spawns In-Houses. Like, I'm really interested in talent development and it's something that Liquid has like started to invest in and is looking to do as well. Yeah, I think um, on that point about the amount of effort it takes to, to build out Academy and, and things like that with staff often feeling like they have decent turnover, you know, like if you were going to... Well, I just didn't know the scene. Like, what? I would have loved to have done it, but I just, like, they're like, what about this guy? And I'm like, I've never watched amateur in North America in my life, dude. Like, I, I need some time. Right. I mean, not even just you, but other teams. Well, like, how well, you don't sound very qualified for this position, Spawn. That's what I'm picking <laughs> up here. I didn't know uh, anything about what I was hired to do, and uh, I have to learn. Hey, man, I came second in Academy, all right? We're doing okay <laughs> so far, Travis. Don't you play me. Um, but I think one of the things that I was I have been talking about in the past was, you know, kind of related to this importing for Academy and amateur scene stuff, which... I had said, you know, people could do this right now. Like, there's no reason that this can't be done right now, which is why I find it to be a, a pretty weak argument. Uh, there are some instances of, like, minor-ish region teams or players who are doing well in the region coming over, like you. Uh, um, God, there's a couple other players, so I, I just can't think of right now who people did try. Uh, but they weren't, like, fresh from solo queue. Like, we're going to try and develop this guy who's challenger Korea player. Uh, Maxi, uh, who was Scarlet? Uh, was that one as well from Immortals from a while ago? Uh, oh yeah. There, there's been times that it's kind of been tried, but usually it's like you're pulling up from a scene where there's already this player's success, and it's still not really like true development of untested player, like you know, uh, which I, I think is something that there's no reason you can't do it right now, other than the fact that importing and actually getting visas for people who don't have a career. Is actually really difficult to do as i understand it like it's hard enough to get broxa over here like world finalist broxa with the greatest resume you could ever hope for and import basically uh let alone like this is this 18 year old kid who looks good in solo cute you know like um 
it's probably hard to get good visas and stuff to, to actually do this. So that's one of the reasons we're like that idea of wanting to remove the import rule to help build out Academy. I just, I just can't buy it. It just doesn't sound like a, a real thing. I've got three real quick things on this before we get into calls. One, uh, everyone should check run it. Uh, this week it comes out tomorrow. It's a little bit delayed because we talk about how much the league has changed over the past year, and there's some really crazy stats in there about how much turnover we have had in the LCS year over year. Shout out to the uh, to Blue Jays podcast, by the way, because I watched a little bit of it, which is where I I saw one of these stats that I then went to Tim That's and where said you we stole do the the yeah. segment from. Secondly, uh, <laughs> secondly. <laughs> Wait, you're just laughing at Demonte trolling Papa in the, the chat. Um, no, I'm laughing at you stealing Blue Jays segment. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just he's I just get all my best ideas from him. Secondly, uh, I I hope that if Riot and the owners are considering doing this, that they can they find some serious data to back up that this is the right move. Uh, if this was the NBA, for instance, they would be doing all sorts of market research and studies around such a big change. I have done one Twitter poll and one YouTube poll that seem to indicate that the vast majority of the LCS fans do not want this. A tiny amount of fans actually do. And by the way, Spawn is putting his face in his hands right now because it's ridiculous that my Twitter and YouTube polls would be some sort of like a data that should be used. I'll tell you what, I think it's probably more data and research that's been conducted on fans <laughs> that around this topic than the owners in Riot. I would be surprised don't, if they've done anything like, like that. that. I'm, I'm out. I'm, I refuse Set, to comment. The third, fifth is being played again. Reggie's in the chat. He says, I'm too busy playing games. Uh, yeah, Reggie, cloud, cloud Reggie and I played a game the other day. He doesn't know, but he was a Maokai support. Shout out to Reginald. Third, um, uh, oh, here's what I was going to say. And now very awkward that Reggie has showed up in the chat. I, third, I was going to say, um, I don't want to say, or I don't want to depict uh, these team owners as people that are just greedy people who are just interested in money. Because if they were just interested in money, they'd be running profitable organizations. So I think uh, that they, you know, the, I think a lot of team owners actually think that this is an important thing to do and that they think that this is the path forward. It's just a disagreement on what the actual path should be and i'd be happy to have conversations with any team owners who want to live streamed with mark if he wants to be a part of it or whoever else to talk about this mark doesn't want to be a part of it look at Mark; what? he's already I checked do. out i do i yep. want I, I mean i'm reading twitch chat because it's funny but i <laughs> i actually do care about this a lot because like i said i see arguments that like i feel like i brought to attention now being used in this kind of conversation to push for removing the import rule and i'm like whoa 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 yeah yeah Server pop issues will not be like, you know, no, you can't just bring in, like we have infrastructure problems too. Even if you brought in the best players from each region, they're going to get worse here right now, everybody. That's a bigger problem in my mind than, you know, the just raw number of talent. Like I think there's other issues and I'm like, oh God, no. Reggie, no. by the way, while you're in chat, I'll say I missed you during the TSM press conference. Every other team has had executive leadership at least one member of it on at the part of the press conference. Travis I is wish, just like the real going hot. I today. wish like, I wish I, I had I seen you, Reggie, because it would have been, been great to, to talk to you to you there. But I realize you're doing the stonk stuff. So um, anyway, uh, I love love you, Andy Din. Um, okay, so I'm sure we'll keep talking about this. We'll probably take some calls. It doesn't need to dominate the whole evening, especially because we got yeah, someone well, here. We um, <laughs> Let's talk I about might some find one, but, but generally, I think uh, 
conversation is probably going to move more towards actual performances yeah. and stuff from this week. Yeah, I think one or two. Obviously, Mark and I stole the first 20 minutes of the show to talk about it because we were, we were very passionate about it. But uh, I'll have more coverage on my YouTube channel, so stay, stay tuned on that. Um, all right. Uh, Mark? Yeah, you, you need to show? fill for me because I'm just starting okay. to go through. And Here's how the show works. It's a call-in show. You wouldn't think that. Because we've just been ranting it for a while and putting Spawn in an uncomfortable place. But uh, if you want to call in with a take, go ahead and, and join our Discord. It's discord.gg slash Travis. Um, you can do exclamation mark Discord in the chat to get it. Uh, you can put your take in the Pleb Topics channel or the Subtopics channel if you are a sub. And if you are, thank you for being a sub. A uh, little bit better of a chance of getting caught if you are in the Subtopics channel. Please don't spam your topic. Um, and it looks like Mark has uh, got our first caller here right now. So, JNT, you've been on the show before, right? Didn't you debate Mahmood? Yeah. You did. Okay. Well, welcome back. I want to know. 100% win rate. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you, you declared yourself the victor of that. I didn't. Well, did... didn't chat did a vote. Oh, chat did a vote. Okay. That's right. I forgot about that. Uh, well, so it's what... just based off the respected opinion of Twitch chat. Very good. Well, uh, they have great opinions. So, what do you want to talk about on the. Oh, remind me where you're calling from. Uh, San Antonio, Texas. San Antonio. Yeah. Oh, how are you doing? Yeah, we've been uh, been rough out here. I just, you know, we just got like our power consistently back since about like 5 p.m. today. Okay. Basically, lost power on Sunday night, and basically had none. Jeez. I yeah no. I hearing some of the stories has been has been really spooky. So. Uh, I'm glad to hear that you've got power back. Hopefully, I know a lot of people then were having issues where they get power back and then the, the pipes burst in their home. So hopefully everything's good for you. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show tonight? Uh, basically, just wanted to talk about how I think TSM is getting a bit overhyped moving into this next week of LCS. I think after their 3-0 week, which I won't discredit, I think they did, they played really well. And okay, they played pretty well in two of the three other games. But um, I think it's definitely looking up for TSM, but I think they have a really difficult week ahead of them. And I think they'll go 0-3 most likely next week. And kind of how this season they've tended to struggle against the more faster, aggressive teams. You know, I feel like when TSM is able to play their style and they're able to play a very controlled game where Power of Evil is able to scale up on his control mages and there's not a ton of fighting or skirmishing in the early game, TSM finds a lot more success when they're able to, I guess, get into more of their comfort zone. But when teams come at them come at them fast, like in the C9 game where they sent a bunch of pressure topside early in the game, and even in the CLG game from week one, uh, they, they really struggled when the game got fast-paced very quickly. So this weekend they've got EG, 100 Thieves. EG, 100 Thieves, and Dig. Dig. Yeah. Yeah, uh, there's a, a bunch of these teams... Uh, TL, TSM, and Dig have schedules with two at top teams in the coming weekend. So two of their three games should be pretty tough. So I think it's a, a pretty interesting weekend for, for a couple of those teams. Uh, so, to be clear, we're only allowed to talk about teams within the context of their last three games on this show. So uh, I appreciate you trying to add larger context here, but it's just not what we're interested in changing. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Spawn, were you going to say something? Yeah, I was, and then you interrupted me. So if you want to keep talking, that's cool. Well, I thought, you know, maybe you've talked a lot on this show and expressed a lot of your opinions so far. So I thought maybe I would get a chance. <laughs> yeah, no, I appreciate that, Travis. Uh, what I was going to say, though, is like 
TSM's wins the last three games were like 29 minutes, 32 minutes, like 33 minutes. So like, it's not like they're playing an incredibly long game, right? Like average lead time and like Mark Zed knows this better than I because he actually reads the stats documents. Whereas I just like gloss over them real quickly. Um, but like, I, I think like Global League of Legends has been like 32 and a half minutes the last two years, Mark. And like, we're, we're pretty happy with like that being the average game time. So it's not like they're losing, uh, winning games or losing games in incredibly fast or slow fashion. Like they're, they're pretty on global average right now. And I would say that that is uh, a good sign. I would also say that they have, even though I do agree with you, Power of Evil on the scaling mage picks historically has been an absolute monster. He had a really good Syndra game, which is like a really great sign because Syndra is one of those quicker champions that does come online really well. So I, I'm a little bit of the opposite. Like I, I was pretty impressed by TSM. I actually really enjoyed LS takes that uh, they played some really great League of Legends. Um, to be able to be a powerhouse like Team Liquid, obviously you have to play phenomenally uh, with a little bit of luck as well. Um, but yeah, I, I think they're actually, I, I think they look pretty good. And I, the other pick that I really like that they found was getting Sword Art back onto the Pantheon. Pantheon I yeah. thought that was a really great uh, move from whoever is drafting from there, whether it's Geode, Path, like wh whoever's doing the draft over there. Uh, Pantheon and Bart, like two much quicker supports, right, than what he's been playing. So like I thought that they actually took some steps in the right directions and TSM fans, which I was previously one of, uh, should be very excited. Um, can I ask the caller, JNT, what do you think makes them overrated? Like what is the, the bar that's like, people saying that they're a top team again? or just that they're not a dumpster fire? Um, <laughs> what, it, what it makes it overrated? Well, I think at the start of lock-in and even after week one and kind of the path that that Golden Guardians game on Friday was taking, I think you could categorize TSM as a dumpster fire at that point. But I think, as Spawn did mention, they did have two really clean games against Team Liquid and against Immortals. So I would say they're improving but I'm not ready to just throw them up into the top of the league with the, the C9s and the 100 Thieves yet, as I think some people are leaning towards Ooh. because of how good they looked and that they did beat Team Liquid. I'm not saying that like people are saying that they're a top three team, but it seems that with TL sort of failing and EG sort of failing, TSM has been just kind of like shot up there as they're now a top team, I guess. Yeah, I think if, if that's the take, I, I can kind of agree mm -hmm. that it might be an overreaction. Uh, I think one good weekend for a team that has volatile players is really risky to, you know, hop on that bandwagon. You're going to get burned if you say that they're a top team now. Because with Huni, Sword Art, Lost, you know, like I can see a world where they have a 0-3 weekend or a 1-2 and two weekend and don't look good still, even though they are improving. This is probably going to be one of those teams which is two steps forwards, one step back. Um, so... I, I think that they are better than people were giving them crap for. People thought they were terrible. Um, to Spawn's point, I think they found some picks that worked well for them. Getting Pantheon for uh, uh, Sword Art was really good. He was really good at that world, and it kind of still carries over. Uh, the Shen pick, I think, worked really well. It allowed Huni to kind of play more of a stable weak side. It doesn't get abused nearly as hard as a NAR can. And uh, even then, he did have a good NAR game to follow it up. So, like, mm -hmm. I thought things looked much better for them. Um, and I'm excited that things are looking better for them because I don't want them to be bad. But I would also say, I bet Huni ints a game still. <laughs> and I just hope when that happens, people aren't suddenly back on the they suck bandwagon. It's, it's going to be hard, but you have to find the middle ground with this team. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think part of it is also that they're going up against what I would say is pretty difficult teams this upcoming week. They have, I think, EG Friday, 
100 Thieves Saturday, Dig Sunday. I kind of like, I, I definitely think they'll lose that 100 Thieves game. The closest one that I think TSM has a chance of winning is probably that Dig game. I kind of view Dig as like this wild card team. They've obviously like, they had a great weekend as well going 3-0. But I think they mentioned on the, the cast in one of the games that like Dardox picked a unique champion in every single game. And I also think Aphromoo has been playing super, super well. I would say he's probably top four supports in NA. Kind of, he was, I would say, on that same level last year as well. So I would kind of put Dig in this, like, they're like the wild card of the LCS. But My, I think if TSM is going to win a match, it'll be that Dig one. I, I don't know if Fit Flaring is in the chat, uh, but I, I kind of agree with that. I feel like Dignitas, when they returned, and even before when they were here the first time, they were always a team where, like, within the first couple of weeks of the, the LCS, you'd be like, wow, Dignitas looks really good. And then they're just always towards the bottom by the time that playoffs hits. Uh, I could be wrong, but I feel like that's, like, the pattern that I've seen over and over and over again. So whenever Dig does really well, I'm always like, okay, I'm going to wait a little while before I, I ride the Dig train because I feel like they, they tend to peak early, uh, perhaps is a good way of putting it. Do you, know, do you know the cool thing about the dig roster? And I've actually had this experience building teams myself in the past where like when you have a roster like TSM where maybe you have like four or five players that are used to getting resources, it becomes this thing about there is only so much on the map of Summoner's Rift and you have to be able to balance resources in a way that is actually good. You know, who's playing weak side as Mark said, what picks do they look like? Because maybe they haven't had to play that role in the past and they're super talented, but they're trying to find the footing and they're going to play on that knife's edge of like, you know, I'm going to take as like as much as I can without getting punished in this situation. And then you have a roster like Dig and I've actually personally built teams like this in the past where it's like you have a couple of leaders and then a bunch of people in carry positions that are probably just going to do what Aphromo and Dardoch tell them to. Um, and like the best thing about that is like, I will always say this, like if you're just following one bad idea and it's gonna be way more successful than following like five pretty good ideas, but five different people like doing a pretty good idea each. And like, I, I kind of agree with your take there, Travis, where like at this stage, like the cool thing about Dignitas and, and as Nicole was mentioning TNT, um, they, they look really cohesive. They look really on the same page. And that's why jungle and support look good because when your team's cohesive and on the same page, they're two of the roles that always shine. Um, whereas I think that TSM was a little bit of the flip side where they had to kind of sort out like, you know, who was getting resources and who wasn't and how they were going to play the game. I mean, even that fake God interview where they're, uh, I, I forget if it was, who was interviewing him, but it was on the right broadcast. And they're like, what's going on with Dardox like jungle A to Z marathon? And they're like, yeah, we just kind of go with it, you know? And, like, mm -hmm. on some teams, <laughs> they're not just going to go with it. They'll be like, fuck you, Dardoch. Don't play Mundo. Play a normal champion. Yeah. And, like, you know, then team cohesion starts to break down and, and this kind of thing. And so the fact that they have, um, you know, soul laners and other players who are willing to support Dardoch's play style means that, like, one, Dardoch looks better, but also the team is also able to to actually work as a unit well. I mean, the Dar the Dardock interview... So here, before we go back to TSM, because now we've gone on track, but the Dardock interview Sorry. on Saturday, he was literally like, yeah, I finally got a team that is around me and is willing to be, you know, I can do whatever <laughs> I want. And uh, mm -hmm. and I feel like that's kind of the promise that Diggs seemed to make him when they signed him early. It's, it's just like, all right, Dardock is here. Figure out the, West, or the rest, gen general manager and coaches and people. Uh, make this man happy. So... Uh, it, is, it does seem true. Uh, back to the TSM, though. All right, Mark and Spawn. Let's put it this way. Where would you play? Where do you think TSM is as a team? You don't have to give me, like, first place, second place, but are they middle of the pack, up near the top with, like, the, the C9s, and I would have said TL, but uh, 100 Thieves? 
or are they a bottom of the pack? You know, where would you place them? I put them with like EG Dig um, and currently TL based off how they're playing, which is not. Hey, man, you guys are below them in the standings. Stop dying in lanes. All right. Let, like, if we, like, let, let's just, like, obviously I'm a TL representative. Let's just, like, put that out there. We'll remove all bias. <laughs> we're removing the bias? Or are we disclosing it? I think we're disclosing it. TL is the best team in the league. Okay. Wait, so does that mean Revenge is the best top laner in the world? Like, hang on a second, Mark. We won the damn lock-in <laughs> tournament. Like, what more do you want us to do? We have one bad week, and all of a sudden we're just throwing the baby out of the bathwater. Like, did we forget about that Revenge whole was, tournament? Revenge was week out? one. All right, all right week, cool. It's week four. We won the Lockin' Tournament, we won best of fives, that's important, right? So TL, I, I think TL, Cloud9, and 100 Thieves are like, yeah, clearly in my opinion, like, in a category, like, if you want to call it S tier or whatever. TSM is an A tier team, uh, like, in my opinion. They're, I they're play, between 4th to 6th. Yeah, TSM, Dig, and, and EG feel like they're, they're kind of own tier. Um, mm -hmm. And then some of the other development teams like FlyQuest Immortals are, are probably below it. CLG you as like well. yep. But you did oh, put TL in that, that group as well, Mark, I believe. No, I was trying to fuck with Spawn. Okay. I, I think TL's current form doesn't look great, but I'm not worried. I wouldn't say it's like a, a long-term issue. Yeah. Papa Smithy says in chat, TL is a top 10 NA team. So there you go, Spawn. <laughs> your your <laughs> countryman oh, is uh, supporting you, giving you a lot of support. GNT, sorry. Uh, I know we, we kind of stole the show here because... Uh, uh, Spawn has lots of opinions, but is there anything um, you want to shout out here? Or I don't know if there's anything that you want to... Seems like we mostly agree with you. Yeah, no, that not much else to say. I, I agree with most of what was said. I would probably put, in terms of like a tier or whatever, I, I would put TSM at that same EG and uh, Dignitas tier. Yeah. Which is, I think, will be very telling for this coming week. Like, they go 2-1 or 3-0 again, then I think I would be ready to put them in that S tier, you could call it. Well, is there anything you want to shout out before we uh, take a quick break? Uh, hopefully anyone else who's in Texas or struggling with power issues, hopefully it's going well for you. But, uh, yeah, well, thank you, it. and I, I hope uh, you continue to, to have uh, power and everything goes well. Hopefully the, the worst is behind you. Thank you so much for the call. Yeah, have a good one. All right, Spawn, here's your chance. It's time. What Spawn is showing you right now is the M15 laptop. It's the 15, right? Not the 17. This is the 17. It's the M17 laptop. Do you happen to know if it's an R3 or R2? Do you know the, the it's okay. Uh it's it's a wonderful it wouldn't say it would it would not say it's it's about what's in the specs in it. They've updated it a couple times. Regardless, it's an amazing computer. Uh, you can go check them out at Alienware.com slash Travis. Travis 10 off will save you 10%. That link is in the description of the YouTube video. Uh, I'll put it in there. Look look at how beautiful it is. I love that background, actually, by the way. They do such a good job of making the whole computer feel like such a great experience uh, when you open it. Uh, I was actually just using an Area 51M this past weekend because I, uh, I was out of town. And I... I love that computer so much. It's so nice to have the power of a, a desktop processor and graphics card with you. I don't know why Spawn has two of them, but he does have two of them. Um, TL also, money is the answer. Yeah, exactly. They just throw. He just gets paid in Alienware hardware, I believe. There's the keyboard that he got. Uh, I I love Spawn. Spawn's told this story before about how he's just basically always been with an Alienware sponsored team. Did they sponsor OPL? 
as well? Uh, no, they didn't sponsor OPL, but like, uh, so we we were really, really lucky because I think like we kind of got grandfathered into the deal. So we still had some sick Alienware computers, even though they weren't an yeah. official sponsor. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've always been with Alienware. Actually, my first ever gaming laptop I bought was an Alienware. Uh, and th- I've got a 13, a 17. I've had a 15 in the past. Um, I use their peripherals. Uh, I use their mouse pads. I've got a great big mouse pad as well that they gave me as well. Like, I'm using, I love that fan. mouse pad. I actually should mark one of those. I've also got the monitors as well right now. They've got a new 3060, uh, uh, 360 hertz uh, monitor out. It is like if there's anything about like Alienware that I would recommend more than anything, it is their monitors are actually just badass. They are yeah. so good. No, it's so true. So true. Uh, I love, by the way, the big boy. I mean, this is, I think, it's a little excessive for some people, but I have the big boy 55-inch gaming monitor, Alienware gaming monitor. That's the the OLED, and it is it is a delight. Uh, so anyway, thank you so much to Alienware for their support. Again, hope that all our friends in Austin uh, that have been affected by this are are through the the worst of it, because uh, it's just I've been talking to some of my friends out there, and it's it's pretty spooky. Uh, but thank you so much to Alienware for the support of the show. All right, next caller, Mark. Off he goes. Uh, Can I just say, I, I know why that JNT uh, won the debate as well. He, he was like a really, like, that was a good take. I enjoyed that take. Yeah. Well, he comes in with a lot of confidence, which I really appreciate. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to say there's anything wrong with the people that call in and are a little more timid. I get it. But we have yeah, Kelsey Moser right. on the show. Kelsey Moser from Evil Geniuses. Uh, or should we not attach your team affiliation with you? Is that, are we trying to avoid that? No, you should. Okay. I, I had to ask them to give me the Twitter banner, though. So. To get you the Twitter banner? They didn't want... They were trying to keep it on the download? Yeah, I mean, they didn't want me to brand them with their things, but they do want me to retweet their collegiate stuff, so there is that. I did say... Is that your negotiating power? I'll only retweet and <laughs> give me the banner. He's like, collegiate stuff is really solid. Um, uh, I, wh- I should know. Really quickly, well, first off, where, where are you calling Yeah. From? I am calling from Los Angeles, California. Sec- Actually, is Santa Monica technically still Los Angeles? Yeah, it's part of LA County. You can say people people in Santa Monica. Urban sprawl. Yeah. yeah. Uh, can I actually, actually, before we get into your take, can I ask you, I've noticed that you're, you've been retweeting a bunch of these brand ambassador things. Is this part of the yeah. collegiate program? Do you want to say what that yeah, is, it really is quickly? So we have a really solid internship program um, that... I had nothing to do with it. It already existed before I came on. So if you're a college student and you do really, really cool stuff, we have a really nice internship program for esports where you get kind of an experience doing almost everything on the business side, plus some team side stuff. Um, Some of the people that we've picked up are really insane. Like we had the uh, guy who's a master's student from and who's had previous sports experience. Uh, I, I also understand he's done some stuff with the military. So we, we hire like really, really high level uh, internship candidates. So that's cool. Really cool. Uh, well, I mean, it's great to see that because I know people, collegiate people are always messaging me. I'm sure Spawn and Mark get that all the time too. Like, oh, I'm a college mm-hmm. student. I'm trying to figure out how to get it. So mm-hmm. it's pretty neat. Uh, is, yeah. what, is your, what is your take, Kelsey? Mm-hmm. My take is that the current Proving Grounds format is counterproductive to development. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, well, I'm excited because we got Spawn on here too, so he can e- he can either disagree or agree with you. But um, and those are the only options, by the way. He's not allowed to do anything <laughs> in between. Uh, okay. So Kelsey, go ahead and expand. 
Yeah, so I think the, the starting point that I would have here is that, uh, like for me, when I first heard about the Proving Grounds format as an academy, I was assuming I was going to be an academy coach again, uh, just for transparency. And I thought it sounded really cool uh, because if you place top six in academy, you basically have like a month long boot camp. So I first wanted to get Spawn's take on that because he did place top six in academy. Um, and I, I want to know if that's like his approach to it or what he thinks about that take, because I know some academy coaches have had kind of missed ideas on that. From the amateur side, however, it's like you have a match almost <laughs> every three days, and then you basically get one scrim day, and then a match, and then a match, and a match, and a match. So amateur teams being able to actually develop feels really, really difficult because the scrim schedule is basically non-existent. Like you can't, don't have an opportunity to fix problems. So basically the teams with players who have really, really stacked levels of experience are the ones that are often floating to the top in the amateur side. So I'm just kind of curious uh, how we want to talk about that or like what Spawn's take on it or. I mean, Spawn uh, loves the format because he gets to go home and see his family. <laughs> uh, no, that's that's not week. necessarily true. So like, uh, so first of all, I, it's really funny, right? Because uh, I, I can 100% understand from an amateur perspective that this seems like a very hectic schedule. And it was one of my big questions as well. It's like, how do you run a program that is uh, effective with such a hectic schedule? And with like so many chances, like I almost think it would be better if like you could just pick your moment to try and qualify for proving grounds and like have a tournament like you kind of all in on, if that makes sense uh, to a certain degree. Um, what I will say from the academy side is we didn't finish top six, we finished top two. Um, but apart from that, excuse uh, me, okay, I will. Uh, <laughs> undefeated until the very last two matches. Okay, would you prefer that title? <laughs> Correct. Uh, I've just been into the two match losing streak. Um, but uh, apart, like, so the it's really interesting to see how different people are treating this because, uh, and I'm sure you've been a part of teams like this as well, Kelsey. And without going too much into it, because people get really you know peeved when you like leak scrim information and stuff like that. It's mm -hmm. very fair to say that we do a better job in scrims than we do on stage uh, as TLA. Uh, so. The six weeks, in my opinion, like I'm actually like, wow, I wish there were a couple of tier twos in that time that we could actually uh, play in because like mm -hmm. uh, much like the main team, we're trying to push the pace of which we play the game at the moment. You probably saw that today. We're stacking Drakes, we're stacking Heralds. We're trying to push the pace, push pace. And then if you make that one mistake on stage, like the game can crumble. Whereas, and I'm sure you've been a part of this in scrims, is you push the pace, you push the pace. Maybe a team just like, you know, takes a fight they would have taken on stage maybe an ff happens or you know maybe the game just evolves into chaos and stuff like that so i actually think that a a couple more stage games would actually help my team at the moment mm -hmm. is, is my kind of take so i'm kind of caught in between but what i will say is i'm not a I, I don't think the system is perfect but i think the system where you now have a pool of maybe 20 teams like underneath the lcs you know academy and amateur that are really high quality opponents um, being able to participate in one tournament is a really good step in the right direction. So I think that whilst it's not quite perfect yet, and I've given feedback for Split 2, that uh, we are really happy with the steps that Riot is trying to take to improve it from where it has been historically. I, I agree. I definitely think it's a positive step. But I think that if the goal is development, like for example, um, on 100 Thieves, our amateur team, we only 
participated in one amateur tournament for most of the season just because it was it allowed us to have a lot more scrims to level up our amateur team and and i think that 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 contributed to some of the success like kevin having a lot of time to work with those players um they definitely leveled up really really well so i think that that's something that i'm kind of missing a little bit in terms of you know, obviously scrims versus stage, you can make that argument. And I think it's definitely helping. Like, for example, I know players on Norwork have a history of having difficulty of translating scrim performance to stage, but they have a lot of that LCS experience. So they'll benefit a lot from this format for sure. But you have like a really, really heavily heavy amateur teams with no experience coming from other places that don't necessarily get the benefit of, okay, we're going to workshop this idea. So if you have a less experienced team, then I think that they benefit way less from like having less scrim time, less focus practice, where they can think about, okay, here's a concept. We're going to really, really just drill this concept all day. And that's mm -hmm. going to be the goal and how, what we address in every single scrim. So that's kind of what I'm looking for a little bit more as a mix. So like one of my, my ideas that I think is good is, you know, dropping a couple of the, the tier twos or tier ones. I think that would also incentivize more academy teams to participate too. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of what I'm looking for in the second split. Um, just because someone in Twitch or uh, Twitch had asked why why is more stage games why isn't more stage games better than scrims? Uh, and I think we can all agree that when you want to focus on a specific thing, like Kelsey is saying, it's a lot harder to do on stage because um, whenever you're taking up more of your brain space to actively try and think of this thing, you're usually having to for, like forget something or you're not going to be doing the other things yeah. as well. And so it's like build the habits and build the things so that you no longer have to actively think about it. You, you have to, you know, lower these other skills and you want to build them up. So that way, when you go and play on stage, all those things are more intuitive and, and you don't need to devote so much brain space to it. But if you're like, Hey, this, this today, we're really going to focus on getting vision control around mid lane, like we're dying to too many mid ganks or something, or like, you know, whatever it is. If you're constantly talking about warding mid and stuff like that, like it's probably distracting when you're also trying to like lane bottom and stuff if like the comms are now cluttered with this random crap. So that's why scrims can help you work on those kinds of things. Yeah, yeah. I would I mean, say optimizing for the win while you want to develop a player is exactly counterintuitive. And it doesn't really have to be one or the other. It just, it needs to be balanced between the two. Yeah, you, there's this thing called like unconscious and conscious learning, right? And this is actually really applicable to gaming, but I always use a driving analogy. So I don't know how many people in chat drive stick. Like I, I learned how to drive like manual Zero. Or stick or whatever you uh, whatever you want to call it. But like you, th what happens is like as a kid, right? You're a 13 year old, you get in a car and you're, you're like you consciously like like you're a baby, you unconsciously don't know that you don't know how to drive a car. You don't know what a car is, like it's whatever. You get to 13, you consciously know that you don't know how to drive a car. You look at it and you're like, well, I've seen someone move this thing. I've seen them press the clutch in, but like, I just don't know how it all fits together, right? Mm -hmm. And then you consciously know how to do it. You start driving the car, but you have to think, right? Left foot in on clutch, like move into first gear, accelerate at the same time. Oh, I've stalled, this is how you fix a stall, right? And then you get to the point where you just drive to work, but you're like, ah, I can't even remember traffic. Like you are unconsciously competent at driving a car. Learning does not take place in unconscious competency. So all these challenger players that are really good at the game that we get into like academy and amateur teams, they are unconsciously competent at League of Legends. 
They just do things because it feels good or because that's how they've always done it and that's how they climb. You have to drag them back to conscious competent and question why they're doing something. And it actually takes a shit ton of energy. And as Mark's saying, the bucket theory, your bucket overflows, but you have to be like, why did you ward the pixel brush at this time? They're playing a jungler that actually passed bottom to top and therefore this ward is useless. And all of a sudden you're dragging all these things that they just autopilot and do because they are unconsciously competent and you have to bring them back to consciously competent. And that is really hard to do during a stage game because you actually just want your players in flow state, which a lot of the time is unconsciously competent. So as Kelsey's saying, scrims are really, really good at like teaching these series because that's when actual learning happens. Yeah, as an academy coach, my favorite periods outside of just the the early season before matches start and are basically the the times where there's rift rivals because that's like a two-week period where there are no matches and you just basically are able to say today we're going to drill this concept and then the next day it's today we're going to drill this concept if you're preparing every week for a match a lot of times you don't have that opportunity, which makes development a little bit difficult because you're basically comp uh, compartmentalizing development into two days minim maximum, and the next two days are preparing for the matches. Mm -hmm. um, so that's why I think it's, it's, it's really... I can't imagine a situation where I basically have two days where one day is off, one day can be a scrim day, and then the rest of the week are matches. I can't imagine how you would plan development in that mm -hmm. kind of situation. Well, the thing is, right, and this is really interesting, Kelsey, because this has come up with a lot of things that Team Liquid has talked about and I've mm -hmm. talked about in the past. The only way you do it well is if you are willing to lose games. Yep. And this is just like, per like, even though like this will seem like a cop-out and everyone's like, paid by Steve, paid by Steve. I can just see Twitch chat. Subscribe to Travis, paid by Steve. Like, it's just going nuts right now. But uh, like, this, <laughs> it, you actually just have to be able to spend scrims getting better. And, you know, maybe that concept is going to suck against two of the opponents you play that week. But maybe you just, like, maybe you just need to get better at Rift Heralds. And, like, therefore, you need to spend, like, 20 games of the week, like, at seven minutes talking about how you're going to do Herald, showing up to the Herald, team fighting, either winning or losing the fight, and then just, you know, being able to reset the game, fighting a second Herald, whatever you want to do. Um, but, like, that isn't going to always be conducive to winning the games on the week. It will win you games in the future, but it might not win you games straight away. So I do, then, I do want to wrap up this just so that we get more, uh, you know, community callers. But is there what what would you guys say would be the thing that you'd like to say or to see instead? Is there like a simple solution to this, you think? Yeah, I, think, I already kind of mentioned it very briefly, but drop a, a, a tier two tournament and drop a tier one tournament. And I think that will help a lot. In terms of the academy, I, as an academy coach, like I said, was really interested in this idea of a, a month long boot camp in academy just like randomly in the season. I thought it was a really cool idea, but I know that a lot of other academy coaches and academy players have expressed the idea that, you know, there, that means there's less time where we're like playing matches. We don't feel like there's a goal. Um, so I just think just challenging the idea of what structural stuff can you work on during that time? Mm -hmm. um, I think it's really cool. Um, but other, if we want to do want to problem solve that, then I think making entrance into the, T1's optional is a good idea. Um, it might make it a little bit difficult for tournament organizers, but if we can do that, I think that would be cool too. So. Nice. Hey, uh, Kelsey, anything you want to shout out before we go on to the next caller? Uh, support Evil Geniuses. Our 
Prodigy's team is doing really, really well. Our Academy team hasn't been doing as well, but hoping that they have a really good opportunity to bounce back with the second T1 tournament. And then um, obviously EGLCS is great. Um, and then look forward to stuff that I'm working on, which is more related to collegiate and just general regional development uh, in the coming months. So Nice. I'm excited, Kelsey, and I'm excited for all that to be put to such strong use whenever the import rule is lifted and none of those people can be joined. <laughs> uh, thanks for the call, and we'll catch you next time. All right, thanks. All right. Uh, some more subs that I want to shout out uh, from before. Thank you to, well, tons of people. Uh, Jshrode91, D9TV, AjaxTV, Boater Michael. Good to see you, Boater Michael. Core user Twitch. Uh, Barbinator24, Warscript, St. Louis Slayer with 32 months. That's Kyler, Slatherpuss, Senpai Samurai, or Senpai Prime, Irish Blizzard, and Flick Nickum. Uh, Grayson of Gotham for one year. Uh, Bearman499 says this one's for OCE. Uh, yeah. Poro on Mars, Manhattan, uh, Reaper Achilles, and the Box ABQ rated us with three viewers. Thank you, Kelsey. I don't know if you're still here. Ecruised uh, 255, thanks for the prime. And D9 gifted a sub to Reggie. Boba Cola for 42 months. Oh my god, we're getting up there. Purple Ray Q, Polish, I9 Gaming. So we're still waiting for Mart to come back. That's why I'm still doing this. A Twisted Fate, Emulator, Bearman gifted a sub, and Fifth Flaren with the prime. Hell yeah. Thank you, Fifth Flaren. Kelby in the chat. Uh, he, earlier I linked him, he asked me a question, I linked him the stream, and he said, is this, is this that show I used to be on? Actually, Kelby and Spawn, I think, would get along really well. Uh, I don't Spawn, have you ever met Kelby? Do you know who he is? Do you have any idea who this individual is? Yeah, I know who Kelby is, Like, but I've never met Kelby. Yeah. But I, I'm, an o, I'm, I'm an OG as well, Travis. Yeah. Used to, used to run Whoa. CLG when it was a losing organization, but also a relevant organization, unlike now. <laughs> uh, Lo-Fi Avocado is here. Lo-Fi Avocado, where are you calling from? Calling from Portland, Oregon. Portland, Oregon. What do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, so my take is that 100T has the highest ceiling of any team. Uh, and with the play style that they've already shown, uh, they're going to finish first seed to go to Worlds and then turn out NA's best performance. Well, okay. So I've asked this question. We've had people talk about NA's best performance at Worlds. Uh, so our best performance previously was semifinal. I think he's just saying of the teams that go, right, this year? Or do you mean ever? Uh, no, I mean ever, yeah. So does that oh, mean they're yeah. making finals? Uh, either finals or I, I do think like also the way in which, uh, you know, you would get to semis or the way in which you do in groups uh, in terms of like. Okay, so they get, maybe they get first seed and then they lose in, in semis or. NA hasn't had a first seed ever. So technically. To an eventual winner or some yeah. something like that, you know? Yeah. I don't think we've had a first seed ever. I have to check 2014. Is Papa Smithy still in the chat? Is he paying you? Um, uh, he can. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. You want to break this down? Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, I think like uh, in, in the past, or at least in recent years, the, the best performing teams um, always are playing to their own strengths, not necessarily necessarily which champs have the highest win percentage, uh, but what players do I have and what's the best way for our team to win? Um, and, and they really stick to that. And so... Um, and, and I think uh, 100 Thieves not only um, has shown that they have a lot of different options 
um, in which they can win, um, create win conditions through different lanes, different players, um, but also that they're willing to try a lot of different things. Um, I think 100 Thieves has a lot of young talent that has consistently gotten better and better uh, to where now they're, you know, they're top performing, um, as well as uh, their play style that they've already shown, I think is the biggest key. Um, they're extremely proactive and aggressive, and even in the last couple of weeks, um, the games that you know they they struggled in the early game wasn't from them sitting back and getting out farmed, uh, but them taking risks, uh, making plays that I feel like most teams probably only make um, in in like uh, uh, practice games or in scrims and whatnot. Um, but they choose to try it on stage, and so yeah, in, in the in the tournament it looked great because they were working. Uh, but that didn't stop them. You know, even when they those plays failed, uh, you know, on Sunday they they pulled it back. They went a little bit more reserved. Um, but then the next week they followed it up with with some more proactive, aggressive play. And I think you know, similar to G two um, or other other teams that they practice being proactive on stage is so much different than um, when you just practice that in scrims. And I think. Um, with the synergy that they already have, it actually allows them to start making those really complicated plays versus um, TL, um, when they had their, you know, four-peat, um, they were a really great team with tons of synergy, but they just simply practiced how not to make mistakes, um, how to play really, really reserved, um, and that didn't lead to any sort... When you get to uh, Worlds, um, you know, results speak for themselves, but simply... Uh, when you when all you practice was to not make mistakes, and all of a sudden you have teams being proactive and being successful, having be, being proactive against you, um, you can't simply just try to be risk averse when it comes to worlds. I guess is what I'm trying to say. But yeah. Okay. So here's my first problem with the staker. I think some people are like, "Wow, Travis is confused. Why hundred T's? How could Mark and Spawn? And I know Spawn, you're biased, but help me out here. Uh, is there Anybody on 100T that either of you think is the best in their role? Arguably. You can make cases someday. for a couple. Yeah, maybe FBI. And I wouldn't believe I would ever argue for Huhi, but I think you could say that the gap between him and potentially Core JJ isn't so significant that it's, you know, it's at least like contestable. You can also would... say on some picks, Closer is like. Right up there as well i guess i guess i just don't think like the, it doesn't feel like if you told me none of those five players make uh first all team this yeah, split i think that's very likely and i mm -hmm. think none of them are in mvp contention and so yeah because let's be realistic like if you're gonna do first nba team it's probably you know i'll just rattle off some random names like, <laughs> okay okay yes uh, yeah uh, all the know, Santor, Jensen, <laughs> yeah, 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 tactical yeah, yeah. Cool, cool jj that, that's your first <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. all nba team uh all, all lcs team <laughs> And so, so I guess what I would say is like, it's tough for me to say that they have the highest, to hear you say they have the highest ceiling when I feel like all their players are great, but it feels like so many other teams have players that most people would rank higher. Uh, and maybe you say like the, Travis, the sum is Travis. greater, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts, but I, I don't know. Mark, go ahead. How many of those players are skill capped in your mind of those not the best in their role currently? I don't, How many I don't of them know. have you think you've seen the peak of their careers? I don't know. It's really tough to say. Uh, yeah, thanks for the insight. I agree with the caller's point on the fact that like they are all still improving. Like FBI, 
Closer, Huhi, and Demonte have all had generally split over split better splits. Uh, I mean, Huhi, you can argue a little bit because he had like a mid MSI finals, but at least in support position, he's been getting better uh, split over split. Someday, I think, is the only one who you could have that kind of like, well, we've seen quote unquote the best of Someday already, but I don't think he's gotten significant, like worse, really. I just don't, you know, like he's one of the best already. It's, it's hard to improve from there. You know, improvement gets mm-hmm. logarithmic harder. Um, so, like, I don't think that I, I'm not going to say they have the best you know world's performance of all time that takes ridiculous could they go as a number one seed from NA that I, I can maybe get behind a little bit I think the caller made good points about that where like um, you know they, they can keep getting better uh, DeMonte people people talk about him being a two trick um, but I want to point something out in the first couple weeks of spring the first four well, I guess three. The first three, they banned teams banned TF Galio against him all three times, and then game four they banned TF and Pantheon. Um, people wanted to hard target him because they thought he was a two trick, and then they ripped off four straight wins, and people were like, "Shit, I guess that doesn't actually beat hundred thieves." And like, this is the big thing about if you have three champions that you're nasty on, and then you have a fourth that you still win on, people just stop banning your nasty shit because it's not a good enough strategy to actually ban you out that way. Um, and I think. At least right now in the meta, Demonte's fine. It doesn't matter if he has a champion ocean. He doesn't need to be fucking Dardock of mid lane. You just need your effective champion pool, and eventually people realize that's not ha- uh, quite enough to just ban you out, and you're useless now. But like, how many times are we going to say Demonte just plays Kiana, and then ah oh, makes worlds? Demonte just plays Twisted Fate. Ah, oh, all of a sudden, <laughs> still like nearly top of the ladder. Like it, it's just it's mm. like. It's just bullshit, right? Like, yeah. the guy has a very, like, he has a small effective champion pool, but it's not like it doesn't change, like, patch to patch, right? Right now, yeah. globals are really good, and he has a small effective global champion pool with a couple of control majors built in there. But when melee assassins were good, he also had a small effective melee assassin champion pool that he was also really good at. So, like, I think that, like, he just gets way too much hate for playing a small effective pool. In fact, I wish some other players would just play a small yeah. effective pool because it actually simplifies the game plan. One thing I will say is, like, before I was TL bias, I was, like, real FBI bias. And, like, Mark Z knows this. Like, <laughs> yeah. um, FBI is my man. And even though, Vic, you deleted me off the League of Legends clan because you thought I was leaking strats Team Liquid while you were scrimming, which I wasn't. You're my boy. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I think that that dude is insane. Like, FBI was on my team in uh, 2018. I have never coached a player as good as FBI. He is like just genuinely, he is a generational talent. Like this guy is truly special. He truly has like a hunger for the game. Like all he, like he gets up in the morning, he grinds VODs, he plays scrims, he plays solo queue, he grinds VODs, he asks questions. He is like, for a good player, the worry is like, this guy's got a huge ego. He's uncoachable. He's like easily one of the most coachable people I've ever had. So he will just continue to get better. And if you told me a team that had FBI on it, was first in LCS, but that's plausible to me. I'm a huge FBI fan. Yeah. I don't necessarily agree with the caller's takes, by the way. Like, I don't think... I, I'm not the one betting on 100 Thieves to finish first. I'm not betting on them to have their best world's performance. I think that one's crazy. I, I think that they might start running mm-hmm. some skill issues come best teams in the world stage. But at least for, for NA, I don't think that that's going to be too much of an issue. And I'm not saying, you know, to Travis's point, who's best in their role. I'm not saying Demonte's number one. Like, I would probably still put Perks, Jensen, maybe POE, and some, Perks some other. Perks, what? Jensen, Perks. Come on, Mark. Get on I board. was listing just a group of people. That wasn't ordered at all. Um, but, like, he doesn't need to be the best in his role. If he has, like, 
the champ pool that works best for his team. And I think that's something that Demonte's always been good about finding. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it, what's interesting is uh, Demonte, I mean, out of, you know, some, let's say someday closer, Demonte, FBI, um, if, you're, if you're the opponent of 100 Thieves uh, and you think, okay, who, who's their win condition or who, who, who are they going to put uh, a win condition on um, or who do we have to stop, um, you know, or who, who are we most concerned about, I guess. Um, I personally would, would think, okay, look, there's monsters someday, there's FBI, there's closer, these guys are, are nasty. Um, but yet, why is, you know, DeMonte is drawing first round bans, you know, uh, for like, you know, four games straight, essentially. Um, I think it, you're, you're saying FBI is a, is a, is a world-class talent, a generational talent, yet he's not drawing these bans. I, and I think, so I think like you have someone that is so good at what they do in enabling other people. I don't think, uh, was it 2018 or 2019? I don't know. Um, I, I'm pretty sure that Nautilus mid was not meta, right? Like, You're talking was, about Doin' B, right? Right, yeah, exactly. Like, do, like, like uh, that's not a meta pick, right? But yet, because of the way in which their team functioned, uh, they were able to amp, like, they didn't have to do what, what, what has the highest win percentage. Um, they actually just played to how the heck are we going to win this game based on the way our team works. And I think that's why DeMonte is actually such an incredible talent because uh, somehow, you know, people don't think of him as a threat and yet he can draw so many bands, so, so much, um, I guess, uh, focus uh, from a team or from I, an opponent. I'm a tenor fan. Uh, I want this to be on record. Whenever DeMonte streams, yeah. I tune in. Uh, I, I think he's a great guy. I think yeah. he's now a really good Now are you tuning in the same well. way that you were tuning into FBI's uh, However, <laughs> let's clients. not go nuts. Doimbi and Demonte. I think that <laughs> I'm, having a I'm having a hard time here, Travis. Keep I, a yeah. straight face. <laughs> I uh, I definitely had an eyebrow arch thrown in there. Listen, people thought they could pinch him because they thought he was a two trick. He proved he wasn't a two trick. But let's not go around saying that like people are must banning him. They're gonna throw all five bans because he just got to find some way to slow Demonte down. That's not what I was saying. To be clear, I was just saying. He's proven that he's not a two-trick. Uh. <laughs> All right. Well, Next Avocado, call. I got to say. Okay. Let's, put this, let's do it this way. Okay. Avocado says that they're, they're going to go first seed. They're going to do better than any NNA team has gone before. Let's see if we yeah. can get Mark and, and Spawn to predict that 100T makes Worlds this year. Yeah, they got that. You yeah. think so? Okay. Yeah. There you go. How far do they go? They make a good groups run, finish 3-3. Maybe force a tiebreaker, and then like all good ah, North American teams. I see you've seen this show before, uh, <laughs> Mark. Uh, you know, carrying on the tradition of what was it? Uh, Clutch Gaming at Worlds. They go zero six and oh. Leave. <laughs> okay. Holy well, shit, man. Avocado, you got uh, you got them to say that they'd go to Worlds, but it doesn't sound like they're making it out of groups. So. Well, it's better uh, than TSM, so. Okay. <laughs> All right, we'll catch, uh, catch you next time. Anything you want to shout out? Uh, I just want to shout out the 100 Thieves organization for going two weeks and not having someday play Orn. It's just so, oh, it's so great. Very good. Well, maybe if they can keep it up, they'll, they'll, go for <laughs> yeah. it. they'll make finals at Worlds. Thanks, Avocado. Yeah, take care. All right, uh, moving on to the next caller. Fiflaren, thank you for the prime. Uh, Travis Gafford, great man, gifted a sub to I Am Water Trash. 
so that he could see <laughs> this, the VODs. Uh, croissant, LOL, thank you for the 10 months. Favorite game feel flavor, says Croissant. Uh, I like this one, which is the Charged Cherry Burst. Comes in the red can. Uh, soybeans, thank you for the four months. Lord Hogney, thank you for the prime. And Naked Homeless Man, thank you for the 37 months. As always, Naked Homeless Man, you are are great. Uh, Love and Flow, thank you for the 10 months. And thanks for all the, the stuff Kelby's been able to present to to sponsors. Uh, semi-Psychic, is that is that it? Semi-Psych? Uh, yeah, Semi-Psych. Semi-Psych. Okay, where are you calling from? I'm calling from, well, practically San Diego, like right next to San Diego, California. In nice. Lakeside. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show? Um, so my take is I thought the LCS team press conferences, those have been great for generating interest. And so it's cool that Riot has done that and that you were a part of that, Travis. And I think that they should bring back their catch-up segment they had uh, before the uh, LCS spring split of last year. Uh, I thought that was really cool. And I think they should make that like a monthly chat. That would be great to um, help like the community get to better know like a new group of players, maybe staff, and help generate interest, hype, storylines, and hopefully up viewership. Mark, Mark, what was the catch-up segment? Uh, was I, it sponsored I, by Heinz? I don't actually know. I don't think I know the segment he's even referencing. I didn't watch it. <laughs> um, I think I got a link for it, but it was basically when they had Double Lift, Aphromoo, Meteos. And oh, Google. you're talking about like the Dash Oh, thing. the Roundtable thing. Oh, yeah, you that. want them to do State of the League every week. Well, oh. like, maybe monthly, but if they did it weekly, that would be cool too. <laughs> okay, first off, let's be clear here. What Dash did was a very high-production State of the League. All right, He did it great. He did it admirably. But that, like, that was a, uh, that was. Uh, so I was, I was idea. in those those planning meetings, and no one ever once referenced State of the League. They talked about the uh, <laughs> yeah, Hollywood, I'm the sure. uh, roundtable, yeah. like with the actors, yeah. where they get a bunch of people. Oh, let's what just assemble a panel yeah. of what four pros from different yeah. teams to talk about the league and how everyone's doing and stuff. Oh, what would we? Oh, it's just like Hollywood. And I'm sure you came up with the that State of the League thing, right? Like, there wasn't another show that came before with, like, one word different. No. And then the exact format was the same, though, I right? There was J.P. McDaniel nothing. Um, anyway. <laughs> Look, yes, Semi, <laughs> this show should exist. I agree. It would be amazing to have something like that. I did it 10 years ago, and I'm sad I don't do it anymore. You think I'd be sitting here with Spawn and Mark Z at 1,100 viewers, if I could get Aphromu, Doublelift, Bjergsen, and who was that? It was like Golden Glue or something? Who was the other person? Yeah, Golden Glue. Golden Glue on this show Travis, right now? Travis, you're sitting here at 1,100 viewers with us because you, you just keep talking about yourself. Let the caller go. Let the take go. Okay, sorry. Uh, did you have any? What did you did you have anything else you wanted to add to my psych to that? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure if it was the state of the league because I don't remember it. The uh, label is that, but I, I have the link here. No, it wasn't called it. Okay, semi. When did you start yeah, watching League of Legends? <laughs> He's a Zoom and Travis. Um, so, he, he <laughs> actually, I was watching since uh, before season one when uh, Double Lift was on. Like, was it Epic Gaming? Yeah, yeah. Epic Gamer. So, I'm and you never watched watching, a show I've called State of the League. State of the League. I, I watched it. I did enjoy that show too. Okay. All right. To the caller's point, I didn't even know the press conferences were going to be a thing, and it was really cool to see Travis have a bunch of content this week with press conferences. 
I like press conferences as long as the people in them are asking good questions, mm-hmm. um, which is sometimes the issue with press conferences. Uh, but other than that, I like the idea uh, of them. And okay. we got Travis there asking good questions. So, <laughs> um, okay. So, I don't know, here, let me break it. Actually, Mark and Spawn have talked a lot in the last one. So, two things. One, one. I think the press conferences are great. I am happy that Riot is doing them. Uh, it's funny because I think normally you would try to do something like this before the start of lock-in or before the start of the LCS split. But I think because of just like logistics, COVID stuff, that they they ended up doing it it now. But I'm really happy mm-hmm. that they're doing them, and I do think it is quite fun to be part of them. I wish that uh, there were, there are times where I have only been able to ask a single question um, because we just have limited time and there's so much media in them. And I kind of wish that there was a chance for like a longer dialogue, but regardless, I think it's great. I have talked before about how press conferences are really shitty during events, um, especially whenever it's like a post game press conference with teams uh, I think all media hate that shit, um, and so I want to be careful about endorsing press conferences and being clear that uh, that is not something I am I'm a big proponent of. But I think press conferences, like before the start of a tournament, or you know, sort of this kind of you know, the LCS has started and let's talk to the teams about what they're doing and the ownership stuff. I think that's fantastic. So yeah, I really hope they do keep doing that. Um, previously, they used to they had done the last two years they had done mm-hmm. media days which I also thought were great. They couldn't do that this year. Um, and so this is kind of a nice substitute, but still, I really think that stuff is great. It gives the owners and everybody a chance to sort of say who they are to the media and obviously to the fans through it. And then it just gives an open dialogue for questions. And it is sick that the timing of this just lined up all 10 team owners for me to just at like, I usually the first or second question just being like, so tell me about this import rule. Um, and that is, does that make you uncomfortable, Spawn? Did that? Um, with regards to the sh- the state of the league show that you were talking about, or I okay, so I think team con- I think content that involves players interacting from different teams is awesome. I would love to see content where it's like, hey, I'm sitting down with like actually let's let's throw it to somebody else. Let's say Kobe sits down with three junglers in the LCS and talks about what's going on in the jungle, how they're all sort of seeing it differently. Obviously it's difficult because they don't want to give anything up, but you know, it's that stuff is fantastic. Or me talking to a bunch of the different players and actually asking them what they think about the import role and having them all discuss it. The problem mm-hmm. has always been scheduling. It is so difficult when all these teams have different schedules to get a bunch of these players all together. Um, and so you would think like, okay, well Mondays are usually open, but yeah, I love that stuff. I wish there was more of it. I really agree that like an, a panel discussion is fantastic. I would love to bring back State of the League. It's just like for years and years, ever since the start of the LCS, it's been impossible to do. Yeah, the thing that I will say on this is you don't want it to turn into like traditional sport. And I don't know if you guys have this, I'll just do my Australian impression. You know, they win a game, like a big burly rugby or footy player comes on and they're like, oh yeah, bloody the boys played well. And uh, yeah, we played hard. And uh, yeah, then uh, we uh, picked up yes. the win. And, like, that's, like, what you don't want out of your preps conferences, right? And, like, to Travis's point, like, you create a roundtable this week, right? Because Jungle is being nerfed. And, you know, Kobe or me or Mark or whoever, like, is hosting the questions, like, because really, you, you can just be a talking head at that point. You're like, yeah, what does it mean? And all of a sudden, you have three junglers just go, because all they're thinking is, like, if I give away any competitive advantage here, this is bad. 
And therefore, like in my opinion, uh, it's always been like more personality driven. And this is where it can be at times hit and miss because there's some players that have bigger personalities than others. And like you were, the caller was really great because he like had like three people or four people that have just insane personality. And if you put Afro move, double lift, golden glue, like anywhere together, like they're probably going to make you good content because they're just great personalities. But like at a certain point, like League of Legends is such a unique game in the way that it is so undiscovered. And there are so many things out there that pro players don't want to share that like you get into a realm where at press conferences generally, in my opinion, fall flat most of the time. Yeah, let's. here's a great example of that. At Worlds, when they force press conferences after group stage, which now I worry that they're going to start doing at group stage soon, and that's when I stop covering Worlds completely. But you you can compare like a team that just lost or a lot of the the LCK or LPL teams, I don't know why it's it's those two regions that tend to be the most quiet or serious afterwards, but like those press conferences feel terrible compared to a G2 press conference where even after a loss, they are making fun of each other and all that stuff. And so you mm-hmm. do get wild swings in the press conference stuff. Um, but, but that's what everyone remembers because everyone loves like the uh, Greg Popovich interviews or the Russell <laughs> Westbrook interviews or the Draymond Green interviews because like this is the thing that I would say to players out there and like I can see invert in the chat like junglers will share strategies all the time and stuff but sometimes that's just boring shit as well is like what people really want is for Travis to ask a question with a really nice suit on and Mark Z to pull the handkerchief out of Travis's suit pocket that is clearly not meant to be blowing your nose with and to blow his nose on that handkerchief and give it back. Because that's what Greg Popovich did to Craig Sager, and it was absolutely hilarious. And, like, it's one of my all-time favorite interviews. Also, like, when, like you just give dumbass heads. Like, this is what I'm about, pressing. Yeah. Like, like, Travis is like, yeah, so why did you lose that game? And I'm like, because they destroyed my Nexus. Like, what do you want from me, Travis? Like, get out of my yeah. face with the I fucking, I mean, so I don't think you probably watch American football, but... Uh... Bill Belichick is the same way, and, like, I grew up in New England, so, like, every time he had that press conference and some person is, like, uh, asking these stupid questions, he just, like, shoots daggers and gives them the worst answers ever, and it's so funny how hard he shits on reporters sometimes, but then if you ask him a good question, he, like, actually respects it, and so, like, I think Pop is probably the same way. If you actually ask him an intelligent basketball question, he'll give you a good answer, and I think I would love to see Parth, you know, be like, write me a fucking essay to, to some, yes. <laughs> so asking this question. Uh, and then, you know, if you actually ask him a good question, having having an insightful comment, you know. Can, can, and, I, and so like, can I ask Semi which press conferences you've watched? Did you only watch the TSM one? So, so far I've watched the TSM one and uh, what was the other one? It was Under T. Immortals. Um, I think Under, it was 100T. Yeah, yeah, it was 100T. So those are the only ones I've posted to my channel. I don't know how many other outlets have posted others to their channels. But uh, did you watch all of both? Uh, I did, yes. Because, okay, I think um, uh, I'm trying to figure out a diplomatic way to say this. <laughs> Some of the media ask questions that are oh i'm really trying to figure out okay sometimes diplomatic dude just just throw the hand grenade uh, i don't i don't i just don't i don't like watches the show dude just say it i don't want to i don't (laughs) i don't want to go on but like sometimes what people will ask a question like hey do you think that having your sponsors is a good thing that helps you because you have a lot of sponsors and like what what is like then we sit through an answer for like the 
like, and I'm not saying, like, I have shilled, you know, I have been a shill for these teams. I've asked, like, open-ended questions like that. But, like, it, some of these press conferences, I think, have been tough because some of the questions sometimes are just like, hey, do you think that having the training facility helps you? And it's like, what do you expect is going to happen when you ask that question? Now we're all going to sit here for three minutes while, like, somebody is just like, oh, my God, let me tell you about the training facility. It's so much it's done for us. The teams, the players, they could do all this stuff. It's just, So I think that's kind of part of the thing is I, I hope I want to challenge myself to ask better questions in these press conferences. It's part of the reasons why I've been enjoying them because I can ask around the import stuff, which I do think is interesting. Um, and I and I hope that like other media do this. And I think here's one thing I will say that is a little critical. The the PR folks uh, sometimes, and I love working with these people; they're fantastic. But I have been surprised at times where they let some they provide access to teams and press conferences to outlets who have never demonstrated any work before. Um, and I think that that might impact the quality of some of these questions uh, is I guess what I would say <sighs> okay my apologies to any of my uh, colleagues who I have besmirched uh, semi <laughs> semi uh, yes I'm trying to think if there's anything Mark you guys have anything else on this topic Mark's muted he's no. out no okay. semi what do you <laughs> I agree I like the press conferences and I hope that I can bring State of the League back what uh, what would you have any shout outs or anything before we go on to uh, a quick break? Well, uh, first of all, shout out to you and Mark. Uh, I think you guys do a great job with the show. I really enjoy it, and uh, it would be nice if State of the League came back if schedules were okay and all and whatnot. Um, and I guess shout out to cats. Cats are awesome. And oh shout God! Out to my Wait. Wife. Okay. Okay. Stop. Stop, <laughs> stop saying that because I was just about to propose to Mark something. Mark, do you think that this could be our, the call that we give it to? Oh, you know what? Let's do it. Okay. Uh, I here. I'm gonna hide spawn really quickly. Uh, for this, wait. I think I have to switch this, and then I'll hide him. Uh, I am pleased to announce, and that makes sense. We're doing this right before break. That we have a new segment on the show uh, called the Game Fuel Victory Caller, the Mountain Dew Game Fuel Victory Caller, and it's something we're gonna do for uh, calls. We won't happen every show, but for a call that we think is really fantastic. We will award it the Game Feel Victory Color. Let's see if I can play that again, because uh, it's a little animation. I'll, I'll make it play again. Uh, basically, the idea is if you have a take that we really like or it spawns a conversation that we really like, uh, you get hooked up with a case of Game Feel. So thank you to SemiPsych. You're our first Game Feel Victory Caller, and uh, we're going to hook you up with uh, a case of Game Feel. And I will send you the details as soon as you leave this call on how to do that. But thank you to uh, Gamefield for making this happen. And congratulations, SemiPsych, on being the first one. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Yep. Thank you, Gamefield. Yeah. Thank you. I'll hit you. Okay. Uh, let's take a quick break to go into our Gamefield conversation of the night. So Gamefield, our second sponsor, uh, I think it's really cool that they had this idea of, like, just literally how can we award Gamefield or how can we award callers who have good takes? It felt like a great thing. I think Twitch chat will now be able to root for the victory callers. Uh, hopefully Twitch chat doesn't encourage us too much because we only have so much game feel we can give away in a year. I don't know. I'll talk to them. Uh, but that's one of the cool things that we're doing with them. In addition to that, if you go to gamefield.com, not only 
can you go to partners and see a wonderful page that they've made for me uh, right next to Courage. But you can save 5% off your order if you order from GameField.com. Let me see if I can pull this up. I don't know if I can pull it up, but we're, we're going to see if I can. Uh, you can save 5% off your order uh, of GameField. Uh, here, if I go to partners, you guys should be able to see it. Here we go. Look at this fantastic page. Um, there's some cool stuff going on there. You can save 5% off your order. Uh, and one of the cool things that they do as well that I think is fantastic is they have this thing called Victory Pass. Uh, let's see if I can pull it up on the on the page. So Victory Pass is basically this rewards program that mimics like battle passes that you see uh, in in video games where you can actually level up. So if you make an account, not only I think they have free shipping for a limited time if you sign up for this, uh, but you can also level up and you unlock awards. Right now they have level one, level two, level three, level four, level five. Uh, you can see what you get for each of these. Level two, for instance, you get 200 Twitch bits, which you can use on your favorite show. Um, but they're also going to be announcing the remaining levels throughout uh, the next, uh, well, very soon, I guess. I, they've been teasing it. I don't know the timeline. Or if I do, I'm not allowed to say it. Uh, so go check out GameFuel. Sign up for their Victory Pass. Uh, it's very helpful if you do. And uh, use code Travis so you save 10% off your order uh, at checkout. Sorry, 5% of your order at checkout. And make sure you get, uh, I think the Victory Pass again, if you sign up soon, I want to say, oh yeah, uh, join Victory Pass Rewards for free shipping on all GameField orders. There you go, it's out at the top. So thank you so much to GameField for sponsoring the show. We really appreciate them. And now we can bring back our sponsor-conflicted Spawn to the show. Uh, hello, Spawn. Welcome back. Glad, <laughs> glad to have you awake again. Wait, we can't hear. I think you. I think I just there blacked you. out for a second. What happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're good. You're good. <laughs> Nat, Nat, navigating increasing complexities around uh, all this stuff. Did Kel is Kelby trying to tell me something that I missed? He says important. Oh no, he's just making his own his own stuff. Uh all right, Mark, we're ready for the next caller. Oh, he's grabbing him right now. Laughing at the next caller, apparently. Um. Uh, Naked Homeless Man, thank you for the 37 months. Love and Flow, got you both. Space Pope 20K, thank you for the six months. And then Akira NB gifted a sub to the Mark Z uh, as well. Mark, Mark wants more a sub to the channel. I don't know. Mark, how many months have you been a sub without having paid for it once? Uh, I don't know. How do I check that? I don't know. Uh, Type something in Hover. 28. I, okay, there you go. Yeah. Sick. Fantastic. Sub for 28 months. months. None of those have come from my wallet. Wait. <laughs> Space Pope 20K, who just subbed a second ago, is now on the show. Why do you think I pulled him? I, that's how we that's how we do business here. I don't don't make it that way. Okay, uh, Space Pope, where are you calling from? Hey, I'm calling from essentially the middle of nowhere in Michigan, surrounded by snow. Middle of nowhere. How's your How's your stuff going? Uh, I had to dig my car out of the snow. It was up to my door handle on all four sides. Uh, wow. That is, that is wild. That is wild. Yeah, it must be a cold, uh, cold winter out there in LA, bud. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, uh, it, anyway, what do you want to talk about on the show? <laughs> yeah, so, um, I want to preface, because I've got, I'm coming in hot with a spicy take for you, chat. That's going to be a very conflicting polarizing take, I think, but, um, before I even say it, because some people overlook it, I don't want to discredit the amount of work that professional players put into this game. I've coached like amateur teams, like masters cap teams, GM cap teams and stuff. But I want to say 
that I think tactical is overrated. I'm over the hype personally. I think he was gifted a silver spoon and won the lottery to come up playing under Core JJ. I think that same split, he could have taken Johnson and put him on that team and he would be an even better player, but his development has been stunted by like middle of the road teams. And you could have plug and played dozens of natural North American 80 carries into that organization and yielded the same, if not better results. Spawn, just tell me I, how great FBI would be on that team. Spawn, you know? insane. Spawn is Spawn is never coming on the show again. We we have sit through thirty minutes of us talking about his boss and <laughs> how we how we how we disagreed strongly with his boss. We got sponsor conflicts on here. We got we got people coming on insulting his boys. Uh, this is the last uh, Spawn. I appreciate the time that you've had on the show, and I've always appreciated the episodes. I'm sorry. No, this is fine, Travis. This is, you know what? what what's the caller's name? Space Pope? Space Pope. Space Pope, Pope yeah. This is actually why I enjoy this show, Travis. Because you, sir, are a gentleman and a scholar. You give the great unwashed, the masses, the filth of the street, a platform <laughs> to come on and share their ideology. And if nothing else, it's entertaining. Like, I, I don't agree with a lot of the takes, but if nothing else, it is entertaining. I mean, I so that is, I think Mark and I... One of the reasons we enjoy the show is you get takes here you'll not get on any other show, even you know, an NLS show. I will say is I I am a showman through and through, and I really respect the way that Space Pope Twenty K shot his shot. It was a good shot. It got a reaction. Like I respect the I respect the shot. I, I, I expect the de, I, I respect the delivery of the shot. Well, so, should but we? Well, what about the content of the shot? Yeah, yeah. What's your thoughts I, on I the think, content? Like, obviously, I think he's incorrect. I think Eddie is a really talented player. I think that you know he came across from TSM Academy, where it was a really talented Eddie carry TL Academy. I mean, you only have to look at the results from split one to split two to see what like impact a player like tactical can have on a team. And then like, I think it is also like just farcical to say they removed double lift and could have replaced him with anyone and then come first in regular season. Like, give me a break. Like, I don't think that's a justifiable stance to take. Like, is Johnson talented? Yes. Is there 12 80 carries like Eddie in NA? Like, absolutely not. Like, I just, I disagree with the take, but once again, the presentation, uh, how he came, went about it, like I, I think it was well presented. Well, let's give let's give a couple more. Let's give a little bit more. Space Pope, do you do you have additional uh, arguments or context, or did you just want to sort of throw that out there? Yeah. So, uh, Spawn, I appreciate it, and you know, I like your content. I think you're a great caster. You know what I'm saying? But I'm gonna <laughs> heavily, heavily disagree with you here. Uh, to say that the difference between that spring and summer split with and without double lift going oh we replace double lift with anyone and we get first place you could have put the cap for kobe in 80 carry and that team's winning first place in but, but split. what about tla having such a turn away from around from split one to split two with tactical going up like you you're explaining half the equation but you're not explaining the other half right so you're saying team liquid academy benefited from removing tactical no i'm saying in split one they were <laughs> Like, if we just pull up the stats real quickly, because I don't have them off the top of my head. But let, let's just go for it. You're, you're making the argument that TLA performed really well with Tactical on the team as well? Well, uh, yeah, well, they went 10 and 8, split 1. Uh, is that what they went? Like, uh, I mean, like, they were, they were, like, I think they removed him, like, halfway through, and they were, like, over 50%, and then they remove him, and the team obviously goes steadily downhill. 
And then in split two, like they are bottom of the ladder, having removed tactical. Like I think that like they're like you're missing a lot of the equation. That like it's not like one team got better and the team he left just stayed the exact same. Like there was drop off in the team Liquid Academy as well as soon as tactical left. Um, I don't have the page in front of me, but like it definitely uh, there definitely was like a drop off when uh, tactical left team Liquid Academy for sure. Okay. I think. Uh, I mean, go ahead, Mark. I was going to say, I'm definitely on Spawn's side with this one. I think um, Tactical is insane. I think I've seen more out of Tactical than I've seen out of, like, Johnson or some of the other people that you might yeah. throw in there. Um, I think, like, the uh, summer split playoffs performance on that Callista game was, like, absolutely out of this world. Uh, mm-hmm. I think he's had had some incredible performances at Worlds um, and actually, you know, hard-carried some of those games. Um, I think he, he's legit. I don't want to disagree with the point that, like, hey, Core JJ is probably helping a lot, <laughs> uh, you know? <laughs> like, I think there's, like, some truth in what you're saying, you know, that, like, Core JJ is an absolute monster. Um, you look at some of their 2v2 kills from the lock-in tournament, and, like, I could be spoon-fed some of those kills, you know? But that doesn't make Tactical bad just because his lane mate is a beast, right? Um, and I think there's I'm... times where you see Tactical skill on display independent from Core JJ. But some of those lane things, like, sure anyone with a functioning brain in two hands would, would follow up on Core JJ's playmaking. So that's that's not totally far and away from the truth to what I'm saying. Uh, and I apologize, Spawn, if I misunderstood like what you're saying with TLA uh, for a moment. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest, I don't follow Academy very much. Um, <laughs> um, who does? Well, uh, I mean, I have friends who've, who coach uh, in like the Dutch league and German leagues in, you know, but... Uh, yeah, NA Academy, I don't always follow. But at any rate, um, what I'm trying to say is not that Tactical has not grown into being a good player, okay? And it's not that an Academy team is worsened by losing a good player. And, you know, like Spawn, if you have it up still, who do they replace him with on that Academy team? I think Rikara was the AD carry that came in. Right. <laughs> um, and so <clears throat> when, when you take... Uh, a player, so let's say you would have put FBI, let's say you would have put Johnson, uh, I think, you know, there are going to be playstyle differences significantly <clears throat> then and now, right? Like if we are, if we have a time machine, that are different between Johnson, Tactical, and FBI, absolutely. I think Tactical is the most hyphy of the three players, and I think that fits when you have such a skilled support, but like if you would have switched roles, I know I mentioned Johnson, so I'm just going to use it again. If you put Tactical and Alphamoo together at that same time period, the, the, and this is not to discredit Alphamu's knowledge of the game, but I think the mechanical skill is a shortcoming. It's not there to shore up those weaknesses, whereas Johnson is more of a controlled player, right? FBI, I think, is a wonderful mix of the two, and I think he's a more complete player uh, in a vacuum, isolated from the three. And if you were to put FBI in a situation where he was playing with core, um, considering, as you've said, how coachable he is, that his ceiling would have grown beyond where Tactical is at now. So again, like I think Tactical is an excellent player, currently mm-hmm. but i'm tired of the narrative that he's like the best naadc that he's like a monster that he's first team lcs because i just don't even think that he's the top four adc in the league right now Ooh. import or not right and like sure we all can kind of agree that core is nuts um but that's spring split with double lift uh, you know i'm not on the team i'm not in those rooms you know but double lift was removed from that org for you know some some like a list of reasons i'm not trying to go too deep into that rabbit hole um but that team was not playing at 100 percent in spring not even close right 
Um, I think that team, even with double lift, wins that summer split going through again, right? Uh, I think that... What's that? Nothing. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think that um, Core, in particular, right, is still an international, like, world-class player coming fresh out of playing with Ruler to NA. I was insanely hyped. The dude's an animal. And you can put him on the international stage, and he still competes with the best supports out there. I would argue that he's even better than currently any LPL support in the league, like over in China right now. Um, Mark, let me ask you, do you think Tactical has been underperforming recently? Uh, I mean, yeah, I don't think he's had a great couple weeks. Uh, I think, like, the Senna game was a little lackluster. Um, there's another game where I think they got they killed 2v2 in lane once or twice. Um, I think they're really aggressive bot lane, and sometimes their plays aren't going to work out and stuff. Uh, I don't, I, it hasn't been the dominance from, like, their Samira Leona. In lock-in tournament, I think they, they 2v2 killed their opponent in, like, seven out of their first eight games or something fucking wild. Mm-hmm. You know, and, like, that's just not going to keep up. <laughs> that, that is, like, not possible to, to do that that often. Uh assuming the other teams are competent. So, like, I, I think the drop-off from what we were seeing was a little expected. Because uh, if you're saying, oh, is he underperforming relative to that level? Like, yes, because that's not a sustainable level. But I do think he's been a little worse than um, even a, a normal expected drop-off would have been. But because... I don't think he's... I think the, the bot lane meta is changing. Like, the a lot of the, the changes are coming through. There's nerfs, there's item changes and stuff. Um, I think it's adaptation period. There's, there's support champions down there right now, like Seraphine and... Um, Mages being played in the bot lane, so... I if you just I, have tactical wait, really? and Jenny carries of the league, I just... I question whether you have... Like, we were talking about the eye patch gang and the one-eye blind gang. Like, you either have to have, like... Like, you're a mixture of everything if you don't have him as a top 380 carry of the league right now, right? Space, like, yeah. Space Pope, quick question. Do you, how much of this has been based off of the what you've seen from Tactical very recently? Uh, not at all. In fact, okay. uh, this is coming from basically day one to now of his pro play. I watch all the LCS games. The, on- the only reason I bring it up is so that I can plug my interview with him, where he said that he's been very burned out lately. Uh, I think this is an interview I- that went live. I think I did it with him on Friday, so maybe it went live Monday. Um, and and he was just talking about how he's felt very burned out, and TL's been helping him with it, and that's why he thinks his performance has been lower. So. Had it been recent and with with Mark stuff, I think that that's relevant information, right? Is that perhaps he's underperforming right now based off of some stuff he's going through? But I don't know. Spawn, go back at it if you want to. Yeah, no, I, I mean, oh, go ahead. Oh, uh, I mean, Mark, if you want to go for it, you can. I was going to say big agree on top three in the league. Uh, I, I would say maybe some people have had better games. So far in spring specifically, but if you count Lockin, there's no way he's not top three. Who, who are your uh, three so right now, Mark? I think everyone should have Zen, yeah. FBI, Law, uh, Tactical, excuse me. Yeah. And the thing is, right, and, like, I, I would just say this, and everyone hates when I do this. Like, I did this last time with Fudge, and everyone was like, wow, what an idiot, counting FPL. But FBI has played, like, three competitive seasons in uh, Oceania, has gone to, like, MSI during that, has played, like, playoff series and everything. Then he comes to NA. And he plays two full years in NA. Like Tactical has three years before he's had the same amount of competitive experience as FBI. 
like in a tier one league. And like the thing is, is like you can shit can OS as much as you want, but like when FBI was playing in OS, Lost was there, Rays was there, and King was there. So we had really good at 80 carries. How do I know that? Because they're now all in North America and they're all performing really well. Um, so like FBI has got, you know, five years of competitive experience. Sven has got five or six years of competitive experience. This is tactical second year. And I think for a second year player, uh, he looks really damn good. Like, I mean, how, uh, how do you feel about Ray's on, uh, and I apologize if I'm pronouncing that incorrectly, over on Immortals, like given him the same chance, like had he the opportunity to be in tactical shoes uh, two seasons ago or two years ago, whatever. Yeah, that, that, and I'm, so like for those watching that haven't watched OPL, I I used to call Ray's a perfect player. In OS, like this guy. I made agree with you, he's right? insane. Yeah, but he cannot do the things mechanically that tactical can do. And that's me having a lot of respect for Ray's. We actually saw a world that in scenarios where Ray's is forced to outplay, he got caught out, and that Tristana versus Bard game was one of the funniest Bard, uh, Tristana games of all time. He just gets caught out multiple times, right? And arguably nearly costs Legacy that game, where, like, tactical, he, he's not the same kind of piece. Like, if you put him in a situation where he has to mechanically perform, like, he's nine out, nine, eight, nine out of ten times, he, he's got your back. Like, I think the dude's a beast. So I do think Ray's is good, but uh, I think tactical... FBI, those kind of players are different kind of animals just because of their mechanical ceilings. Well, Space Pope, I don't think Mark or Spawn agree with you. Uh, so I'm sorry to say. Okay. Uh, maybe a little okay. unsurprising on the Spawn fine. thing, but um, really expected that he would say tactical is un unworthy or undeserving of his, his job. But uh, I appreciate, I mean, I guess time will tell, Space Pope, because theoretically, like, if he can't. If he can't step up or, you know, if, if TL is losing and he becomes a liability, then you would be right, right? So so part of the take is a miss. I mean, I, I just I think that, of course, he's doing well now because he he was brought into, like, at the time, the winningest org currently in the LCS with what is, in my opinion, um, you can't convince me he's not a ten top 10 support in the world at any level in any region with core, right? Uh, to have like a silver spoon like that fed to him, of course he's developed into a good player. My stance is that you could have taken other players, put them in the same position, and they would have substantially surpassed tactical by now. I mean, it's it's hard it's hard to have a discussion around it, right? Because it's such a theoretical. But either way, I appreciate it. I know we're running a little long time, so we're going to move on to the next caller. But is there anything you want to shout out before we uh, move on? Uh, I mean, yeah, shout out to the Os boys coming over. They're good players, legitimately. But uh, shout out to my World of Warcraft guild. We got AOTC. We're all boomers and can't play all the time, so nice. Nice. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, oh, by the way, I'm, I think I'm going to try and co-stream the BlizzCon opening ceremony on on Friday. Maybe uh, maybe I can convince Kelby or somebody to do that with me. I don't know. Uh, but you just made me think about it. Thanks, Spaceboat, for the call. Yeah, absolutely. You guys have a good night. Yeah, have a good one. Kelby, are, if you're still in the chat, you want to you want to co-stream the BlizzCon opening ceremony with me uh, because it's it's I, I have rights or I have permission to co-stream it. I don't know if everyone does, but I've been told I have it, so I don't know if any, every Twitch streamer can do it. But I'd be down. Uh, I mean, I think it's I can co-stream the entire event, but I I only it's on an LCS day, so on Friday. So I think I'm going to do it Friday morning. If you don't have meetings or something, Kelby, you should join me. Uh, Raz is MVP is on the line. Where are you calling from? Um, I'm calling from the middle of nowhere. Oh, okay. Uh, I've got my hand over the kick.
button. Uh, what do you what do you want to talk about on the show? So um, before I go into my take, I just want to say that I am against the LCS import changes, but I have like a different perspective on it than some other people are bringing to the table. Okay. So my take is that imports bring into in viewership to the region. They don't bring it down. However, when we go at this, we have to remember that there are certain conditions with this. First off, the imports have to be good. Uh, and second off, they have to interact with the community. So these imports are only going to be complained about in esports when one of these two conditions isn't met. Nobody's complaining about perks or core JJ coming as imports to our region. They're complaining about players that are the bottom of the barrel in the league, like Aka, Ryoma, um, who are literally the bottom of the barrel. And it just seems sometimes it's an other excuse. Just you can just it's because only because they're bad are you complaining about them being an import. If they were good, you wouldn't complain about them being an import. And second off, there's this narrative that if we lift import restrictions, we'll just end up with five like Korean or Chinese players on a team that don't really interact with the community at large. And I don't know if this narrative is right, but I think if the imports interact with the community and make the effort to, they will be embraced by NA. CoreJJ has done a beautiful job of this recently um, with like his tweets, his streams, with the uh, what's it called? The off-season, like, in-houses? Yeah. Yeah. So if you really engage with community, people will accept you. If you're sort of distant from the community, you don't really engage with them, people aren't going to be as welcoming of you. But if you do both, if you both play well and engage with the community, you will be accepted by the region. I think it's very, very disingenuous to say that imports are going to lower viewership if we get them. That will only happen if they don't meet these conditions. But if we are importing good players that engage with the community, it's only going to drive viewership up. Did perks coming to LCS decrease viewership? No, it increased it. Uh, so I think one of the problems with a comparison like this is that you're talking about two different environments. Because in one environment, a imported player coming over is off-season hype news. It's this new player that we're... It's like almost like a big shiny toy. Like, look at this awesome thing we just got. Um, and in a world like that, there's a limited number of times that that's happening in the off-season. Um, I think it's a different environment if you're talking about a full set of teams could just be imported or something, uh, which is more of the concern that people have. For, for me, like, I don't care in those examples with Aka or um, Ryoma or some of the people who have gotten flack from the community, I think people were upset that North American talent wasn't being given a shot over them because they didn't feel like there was a big enough gap to, to qualify that. But I don't think that that's really the same argument that someone would be making if the entire league was facing a potential situation. And I don't think the entire league would, you know, like it seems like Golden Guardians would not be able in their current financial situation to just go grab a ton of imported players or stuff like that. Um, but I think the concern for fans is in a situation where the top three teams of your league have zero North American players and they're the ones at Worlds, how do you as a fan 
connect with that. And it's not about understanding them. I bet these teams would pump out a lot of content around them. I'm sure they would do interviews and TSM Legends and Team Liquid, whatever the hell it's called now, Marvel sellout. <laughs> I don't know. Like the, the content would still happen and that they would still do well. I think both of those conditions that you're talking about would be met. But in this new environment where there's zero North American players potentially on your best teams, not the entire league, but just the ones that you're actually sending competitively that you want to rally behind, that you're going to pop off when Licorice goes to semifinals, I don't think people will connect with them. And I think that's where a lot of fans, at least in the polls that Travis has done so far, have said that, like, I would not connect with a team like that. I would not connect if TL went out and bought Damwon because their pockets are deeper or something, you know, or like a situation like that. I mean, that. We, we don't have to go too far to see how this works. C9, in their first year of being in Overwatch League, got the London slot, created London Spitfire, a team of uh, full Korean players. And it's just... What? They won. Yeah. Didn't they? They won, they won the, the, the year. Yeah, I think so. I think they won the first year, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so... I like I think I think of that stuff. And yes, you're right that I think they make content. Like I've heard I think Bjergsen is a pretty good example because I've seen people say like, well Bjergsen is an import and like he's really popular. Bjergsen came to a team that was Odd One uh who was all on that team? Odd One Dyrus, Expecial and was it, it was K- Wild, no. Wild, oh, Wild Turtle. Wild Turtle, yeah. yeah. I think part of the reason Bjergsen became really popular was because he was placed on that team. Obviously, he's really great. And obviously, a lot of people who watch League now don't know any of those names. But putting that player in an environment... That's actually why I love the import rule the way it is right now. Is we have... Like, CoreJJ can come in to a team that, like, Doublelift is on. Okay, Jack in chat says and had some of the highest following in the league. Jack, we should talk about this stuff. Jack, if you want to come on the next Hotline League, let me know. Um, I'll see you in the, the, the media interviews tomorrow. Um, I, it, what was I going to say? Um, oh yeah. Corja J coming to the league doing really great, but also being on a team that has, uh, double lift on it has players who have been in the league for quite some time. Uh, those players have, or those players helped. I think Corja J become more popular than he would have. I think, I, I don't know. I think mixing this the, the players in, and having uh, this sort of rule where you have a little bit of both is actually what's best, most ideal. And that's why I'm never arguing against having imports in the league um, or imp- players that come across for different reasons. We've got to figure out a better terminology. I, I always feel weird when I call them imports. But Yeah. Um, Spawn has his hand up. Okay, Spawn. Teacher calls on Spawn. Okay, so I have no take on this, but I just want to ask a question, and this is a genuine question to the caller. Is FBI a successful import? He is a successful import. Okay, cool. So do you know the gap between FBI and the other 80 carries in the league was not the same gap between Ryoma and the other mid laners in the OPL? The year that FBI went to MSI and got picked up by Golden Guardians, Ryoma was considered so much better than every other mid laner in the OPL that like it was like if you did not throw two or three bands or specifically create craft a strategy to take this guy out that the bombers the team you was on was just going to run over the top of you whilst I can respect everything you're saying like the FBI uh versus Ryoma narrative is so infuriating as an O's fan like Tommy like he didn't come over and perform well 
But to say that this was just like a shot in the dark that a hundred thieves took and like he was shit or whatever, like it's just like incredibly infuriating as an O's fan. Because everyone's like, why didn't they just get another great O's import like FBI? And it was like, domestically, this guy was like FBI plus of mid lane. He was like so good. And that's why all O's fans will always get pissed off when Ryoma gets thrown in the bad import case. And like, I do think that you do miss a lot of context because FBI, when he first came to Golden Guardians, was like incredibly underwhelming. He actually was put back into Academy, then he had to grow his way back up and he had to learn a couple of things. And Ryoma so far in Academy this year, I think if he isn't considered like one of the best mid laners in Academy, um, his team's third on the ladder and he's doing incredibly well. And it's just like, <laughs> it's it's such a shitty argument about imports when they use FBI. Uh, I, I get what's fun. I get what you're saying, dude. It's like from a decision-making at the time standpoint, importing right. Ryoma seemed like a good choice. It did not pan out. Wrong. It didn't pay out. Like he should have got dropped back to Academy. But like to just like the, the flack that guy gets. Oh, poor Tommy. I love you so much, Tommy. Right. And I think, you know, like those aren't the concerns that Ryoma and Aka face are not the same concerns that people who are against changing the Correct. restrictions. That's not what they're really worried about. They're not worried about... Uh, I mean, part, part of them are worried about homegrown talent and how many opportunities they're going to have, but I think they're also worried about um, what does a world look like where all your top teams are just Im import players uh, and, and like yeah, identifying. Like, do, I think those fans, are the fans less... Even if these players are, are interacting with the audience... Let's let's just pu push it to the extreme, right? Because I think it's important to like when when you are lifting a rule that allows for anything to happen. Let's push it to the extreme. Let's say Cloud Nine, TL, and fuck it. Let's say CLG. All three of these teams, the moment that this rule is lifted, or the then the first year that this year's li rule is lifted, they go and pick up entire teams, like a a four a tier four. Sorry like a fourth place LPL team, a third place LCK team, and like a fourth place LEC team. There's a pretty good chance, I think, if you had those three rosters, that you would be able to get top three with all those teams in the LCS. If that happens and our world's lineup is are these three rosters, and like, and like the DeMontes of the world and the FBIs of the world, um are are not attending and i know LP, like fbi we were just talking like i think a lot of people consider him to be whatever anyway those players are not at all making it to worlds i think it's going to feel really shitty and like well and you can have team owners tell you well we wouldn't do something like that and it's like okay then let's make sure that the rules don't allow something like that if that's something you guys are not interested in to like assuage the concerns of people like myself and fans etc and i think um it, it's complicated because people often talk past here like in in chat jack was just saying you know like oh well look at tl they have so many imported players but from a fan's perception jensen never played in eu competitively he is someone who basically is his whole career is na um and in that sense this rookie though mark because look at rookie rookie was he won lck he was, was a great player in lck but a lot of chinese fans or lpl fans or whatever you want to call them would now consider rookie an LPL player. He does his yes, Mandarin. That's, that's like, exactly what I'm saying, Spawn. I'm actually agreeing with you. I'm saying that players who get brought in and are invested in the scene, rookie learn Chinese, like you're saying, he did a lot of stuff. It's not about to me, it's not about where you start your career. Like I don't yeah. care if Core JJ played in Korea and then, you know, played in a 
NA, then went back to Korea, then came to NA. Like, 4JJ's fiance or wife uh, is here. He's going for his green card. To me, he is like a North American player. Like, I just think like the starting your career in NA bit is the part of the conversation that I wish we would just abandon because of the rookies, the core JJs, the people like right, Sam. Right, right. I, I think I'm Mark was saying everyone has to. Example. Yeah. I'm not saying everyone has to start in the, in this region. I'm saying that's an example of why Jensen doesn't count as an import. Rookie mm. would be another example of someone who I wouldn't really count as an import. And people who, if there's a path to go and change your region, so to speak, like what happened with old grandfather rules with Impact, I'm fine. Like Impact to me is an NA player. What fans, I believe, are concerned about is the idea that the floodgates, quote unquote, would just open and then there wouldn't be any sort of process to it and you could just uh grab five players five fresh new faces that have never competed in the north america together and i think that is the concern that they face not that there's a path forward like i'm super down with people like santorin declaring i'm super down with jensen i'm super down with impact like all that's fine with me i don't have any problem with that i think um some of these other i think the path is what is concerned because if there's no path then people don't have that opportunity to grow with rookie no, I get also, just, no point because like the thing is is that i see a lot of people on social media and once again chat i i have no horse in this race uh i want to make that abundantly clear um but i just see a lot of people in social media using the but they didn't play in another major region and therefore they're this person like i just think that that article like uh, that argument lacks finesse because yeah. of people like rookie um like the rookie doing b1 is like really interesting to me right because lpl fans are really passionate that both lpl players and one of them started their career in LPL, the other one started their career in LCK, but they're like, they're piggybacked together. And I just wish that that was the Well, case. Jensen Bjergsen is the, is the perfect comparison. Bjergsen sure. played in, in EU. He played with um, Copenhagen Wolves and was great. And he got a penalty kill. And people were like, this is the next young, amazing player. He was effectively the EU version of Rookie without, uh, I think Rookie actually won something maybe, or at least made a final. Yeah, he won, he won uh, OGN summer. Yeah, he, he, I knew he won something before going over. But like, you know, it's a similar story where Jensen began his career in NA, Bjergsen came over a little bit earlier kind of thing. And so I think that those are great examples of Things that can work well. Um, oh God. I, oh, can I just say one thing really, really quickly? I'm sorry, I Travis. Want to say something. Sure. But if one more person repeats that stupid Reddit quote of Jensen played for Team Solo Mebdi, I will literally break myself on Travis's stream. Like we, I know we all read it in the same Reddit article. It was great, but let's not all pretend that we were following Yamato Cannon's team trying to qualify for a EU LCS in 2014. Reddit, we weren't there. We just all read the same Reddit line. It's great. We did some like gamepediaing. Like, I don't remember that team. Mark, do you remember that team? No, and I think, like, I mean, I liked he played Solo Queue in, in were... EU for a while before he was banned there, too. That doesn't make him, uh, you know. <laughs> I, remember, I remember the team because uh, its initials were TSM. <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't I think... remember Incarnation being on it. I had to be reminded. The yeah, thing I yeah. wanted to say really quickly, hearkening back to something that was said three or four minutes ago before Mark and Spawn argued about how they agreed, uh, <laughs> was that... If we want to say TL is already an example of an import team that exists in the LCS, I would use them as an example of how bring, creating import teams in the LCS will not bring us more success. Because when was the last time TL got us out of groups? You mean MSI finals two years ago? <laughs> Travis, don't do this to me, man. I don't like to shit on you on your own show. Mark, we took out the reigning world champions. Mark, I know they made it to MSI finals, but I don't remember anything that happened after that. What ha I just I've purged that entire event from my brain. Uh, what happened once they got there? Anyway, um, caller, here's I think I think generally speaking, we agree with you that a 
a player that cultivates a fan base and interacts with the LCS and has success is always going to be popular. I think we, my, Mark and myself at least, think that Cordy J is a good example of that. Whereas like, a ma- you know, a three LMQs going to Ninja from TDK. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, thanks so much, Raz. Uh, is MVP for the call. Sorry that we got in on the, all this stuff and kind of killed your conversation. Is there anything you want to say before we move on to our last call? Um, uh, yeah, there's a lot to, uh, lot to say. I know we're limited. Yeah, we're super low on time. I'm so sorry that yeah, Spawn and Mark decided to go around in circles, but, but um, I just want to throw a, uh, I just want to say that I, I understand your points and I think the main thing that people are scared about is the five imports coming in all together but that's not necessarily what's going to happen it might just be one more import on tl or c9 under thieves bottom teams can't afford these imports they can't afford all of them and um before i go i just want to throw a shout out to out to raz he's been pretty great on the ad and on the broadcast and you know he's the best caster in the world so we got to appreciate him Bye. Very good. thanks oh he's gone he left on his own uh unless you kicked him mark mark oh mark already left uh kelby gifted five subs thank you uh hit streak gifted a sub to kelby akira gifted a sub to mark uh Bearman gifted a sub to best mafia jinx uh master namer is here from a dead uh fantasy series that will never be completed where are you calling from master namer How's it going, boys? I'm calling from Adelaide, Australia. Adelaide, Howdy. Australia. And I can tell you're, you're calling from far away because I had to turn you up. The volume is, is struggling oh. to get through here. You're good. Um, what do you want to talk about on the show, Master Namer? Okay, so Mark didn't actually clarify, so I'm hoping I've got the correct topic. I'm calling to talk about how in TSM's 3-0, Lost was actually the best player across all three games. He's also been the best player on TSM overall, and he will be contending with um, FBI and Sven for all pro slots. Well, he's not a top 380 C master namer, according to the two experts I have on the show right now. Not yet. No, 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 not yet. Of course not. Look at the three, the bot lane, the top three bot lanes at the moment. They've been playing together for a lot longer, and they play with. Yeah, just a lot longer, much more synergy, a lot easier to look better in teams that have already got like some of their play style down pat from last year, in my opinion at least. But it's a, it's all about growth, you know. Long road ahead of them to spring finals. Um, top three is tough, but I could see a world where it happens. I think loss has been uh, pretty good, even two like a week and a half ago. I don't know. I say week and a half ago, two weeks ago, whatever. Week two. Uh, there was a game where he had like 50% DPS or uh, DPM for his team, and uh, like when you watched him, it was pretty good. It was technically 41%. I don't know why I rounded up to 50. Uh, end of the show. I'm just like throwing fucking numbers out there. Uh, and watching that game, I thought he looked pretty good. He he had like really aggressive positioning, and I think it, it punished him once or twice. But I also think the rest of the team was not really playing well in team fights, and it was like. There's a time where Huni on Lulu just ran away from him and he kited out really well. And it was oh. like, wait, if you got some more Moonstone procs and like another shield on him or like, you know, helped actually fight, you could have won. He actually, Huni actually flashed back in to try and save him yeah, in that yeah. play. Um, I think there's a, some situations where I agree. I have not seen enough out of Lost yet to be like, 
this is really working, but I've seen the glimmers and the flashes to be like, this could work. And to your point about the synergy, it sounded like you're about to say his team sucks, and then you pulled back on it. <laughs> I thought I heard you going down that hole a little bit. I think the whole of TSM is having that same kind of like synergy problem, uh, and I don't think you know they're team liquid. I don't think they're C9 uh, as, a, as, as just even on a talent level uh, for the five-man right now. Um, you know, so on that front, I don't think he's ever going to have the same weapons around him that a tactical uh, might have. Um, but I think losses look pretty good so far. Yeah, uh, that was the COG game that I think you're referencing, where like down at the bottom of the dragon, they yeah. got uh, like, clapped really early, and then Loss was like dodging everything. He cleansed, flashed the um, Thresh box, got away from Camille, got Camille, and then Huni flashes late to yeah. try and save him. Yeah, yeah. Um, a couple of points. I think so. If we're looking at the top three bot lanes at the moment, without a doubt, Hundred Thieves, uh, Cloud Nine, Team Liquid, not in any order, but um, they've all been playing together for a while now. I think. The fourth best bot lane, I don't really know who, it doesn't really matter. I think the gap is that big that it doesn't matter mm -hmm. between third and fourth. But I think as like synergy builds between Lost and Sword Art, they might not, not be like a top three laning, but I think overall, like with Sword Art vision control, when he gets a knack for the roaming, um, I think they'll improve. And then I think Lost, just in general, as the team performs better, as they're getting better at drafts, will look much better as we've seen like uh, so far in the first two weeks. In the three, in two of their losses, uh, no, one of the losses and the CLG game, so at five out of the six games they've played, I think he's been the best or second best player on TSM. And mm -hmm. I think it's not really been close. Who needs coin flip, sword arts kind of lagging? I don't know. It feels like he's warming up into the, like, how to play. Like, he's that player that's going to look super, super bad when the team looks bad, but he's going to look good. So he's going to feed or and do something, feed or do nothing, or just... You know, just look pretty average when the team's not doing too good. Mm -hmm. But I think at the end of the spring, definitely, I think uh, Loss will be up there with his Australian brethren, FBI, top three, representing us OC boys down here. I love it because Loss is actually a Kiwi. Um, so what, oh, what, no. what, what people don't know about <laughs> Loss, okay, so Loss goes through high school, he gets perfect results, uh, his family wants him to become a doctor, uh, and then Tim Carbon Wendell convinces him to join an organization called Legacy Esports in Oceania. And he says to my parents, like, please, parents, just give me a year. Um, a coach called Noodlehead Smith, uh, an arrow, puts out a call. Um, Golden Guardians are hosting open tryouts uh, in North America. Uh, and he wants Lost to go over there and give it a crack. He gets picked up by uh, Golden Guardians Academy uh, and gets put into that ecosystem, does really well. He's kind of FBI before he's FBI. And finally gets put on TSM Academy. And then this year, with everything that happened in the offseason, uh, gets his crack on TSM. Uh, as you can probably tell, I'm a huge Lost fan. Uh, when I build order, if I uh, if Lost was willing to come back to Australia, we would have taken it. Uh, this kid's incredibly smart. Ah, uh, yeah, Echo Fox, not Golden Guardians. Sorry, Pop Smith, you were correct. Uh, the team that was Golden Guardians before Golden Guardians. Um, it Lost is incredibly smart. Uh, and that's his biggest attribute. You guys are talking about the way he plays the game. Like he's just incredibly intelligent. He's a he's a student of the game. Uh, mechanically, he is up there with FBI as well. Um, so I see absolutely nothing wrong with uh, my Melbourne junior brother from Adelaide uh, in saying that uh, this guy could be a top three support because uh, he uh, 80 characters. He's really <laughs> is New Zealand not part of Australia. No, uh, we like to claim them because uh, any talented person that is from New Zealand will say is Australian, and then as soon as they're bad, we'll send them back to Kiwi land. I, I, don't, um, I, don't. But... I just want. I just thought it would be great if you told this person's biography, and then I replied with a very <laughs> ignorant geographical question. 
Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Lawrence is really good. Uh, I will agree with that. Lawrence is super good. Uh, I love how you brought up like the. Oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead, caller. I love how you brought up like the. Uh, like I don't. I'm not trying to be racist or anything, but like the stereotypical like uh, Chinese like path to like life. He goes through like, all the hard work, become a doctor, mm-hmm. and then I don't know if you've guys seen the meme like where I think it's Simpsons or like American Guy where. The um the the uh, Chinese kid, well like the Asian kid, he's like in the room, and the dad comes and is like, "Are you doctor yet?" And it's like, "No, dad." But then he says he's like done something else, and then he's like, "Come back when you're a doctor." And I can imagine like you like pop uh, lost face, and like the Chinese kid says, "Are you doctor yet?" No, but I won LCS. I've gone to Worlds and I won Worlds. And then the dad be like, "Not good enough. Come back when you're a doctor." And then uh, I do yeah. know lost parents are really really supportive of him, but good good that is, good. That- <laughs> Master Dude. Namer, I'm so sorry we don't have very much time for for the the call to go on because we're 30 minutes nah, over time. A- and Mark, I can already see the tension; his the vein will burst if we don't wrap up soon. So, is there anything you want to say? Uh, <laughs> is there anything you want to say um, before we wrap up the call? Maybe about how it would be great if a third book would come out. I don't know. Um, Patrick Rothfuss, you ruined my my teenage years. But uh, thankfully, I found my new Lord and Savior, um, Brandon Sanderson. Amen. Mistborn, what a great series. Mistborn is insane, Fucking right? Spawn, oh my God. Mark, did you, did you see this stuff? Spawn thinks that, oh my God, he doesn't, Spawn doesn't, Spawn didn't even know the name of Stormlight Archive. He thought Stormlight it was Archives. Else. I, I, I never called, called it Wayfair something else. You were like the red cross. When he comes back thing. to Australia, I'll educate him. Thank you, Master Namer. He needs he needs the help. Uh, anyway, thanks for the call, and we'll catch you next time. Cheers. Mark, oh, Mark Mark's about to day. explode. He wants to investigate this, but also wants the show to end. It's a very struggle for a what that for. Spawn thinks Mistborn's better than Stormlight Archive. He thinks Stormlight Archive isn't even that good. Okay, that's fair. Oh my God, Mark really does want to get out of here. Nanuko one eleven, thank you for the twenty five months. He can have his own opinion. Horny jail for like Kaisa, it. thank you for the sub and for the ten gifted subs. Horny jail for Kaisa, you've got a great name. All right, let's wrap uh, up the show. Let me ask this, Spawn. Do you like anime? Yeah, of course. Okay. Surprised you don't like uh, Stormlight Archive. Then it's just anime. It's anime in book form. And, and like, uh, I, I refuse to get paid in chat. I'm not getting paid. In. Stormlight Archive is good. I'm half. I'm three quarters away through book three. I'm going to read book four soon, and then I'm going to be in the cool club. I'm going to finish book three, right? Channel, and I'm going to talk about it. You finished book three, right? Oh yeah, I finished book three. You and Licorice both, by the way, should talk because you both are whatever. Uh, Mark, what do you got first? What do you want to shout out? Nothing. Uh, I've been having a lot of fun doing TFT casting with uh, Kobe. If you guys haven't seen it, we've been doing them on Wednesdays at noon. Uh, Check those out if you're a TFT player. They're a lot of fun. Spawn. I want to shout out Mark Zed because uh, you know he's uh, he's he's a good guy, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just love the progressive uh, descent into madness that this show is every time <laughs> I come on. Because <laughs> we always go over. Maybe we should have a couple of less callers. When it's I'm because you it's because you and I actually go back and forth a fair amount and have good conversations. And so I usually pull a lot of people, and we sometimes get those five minuters where it's just like, yep, okay. And then uh, we don't get that with you, so I pull too many people. I think part of it is you guys will argue over the same thing like you were earlier with the Jensen Bjergsen <laughs> thing. And I'm just sitting here like, wait, can we get back to the call? Anyway, uh, I want to shout out Spawn because five minutes before the show was supposed to start, he popped up in the chat and said, Spawn is the best guest. And I said, Spawn, do you want to come on the show? 
and he said sure and that he he dodged his league game he was getting into ran upstairs and got on the computer and that's how spawn ended up on the show so i thought that was pretty cool thank you spawn for doing this last minute uh mark for rescheduling to wednesday which i i do really appreciate and uh, be be sure to tune in on my YouTube channel and my Twitter for all the stuff around the media days and the TV order stuff. Mark, <laughs> podcast listeners can't see this, but Mark is literally having a seizure right now. So we're going to wrap up the show. This has been Hotline League, episode 160. <laughs>